Hello and welcome to Suture's Side Talk, the Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast. I'm your host, Cameron Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. And we also have a special guest with us today, uh, kind of a crossover, if you will. Uh, won't you come up and introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. My name is Brandon, and I actually hail from two podcasts. I come from Apollo City Comics Podcast and D3 Media, so make sure to look them up uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. YouTube and anywhere else to uh, check out our stuff. Definitely, and uh, we'll be plugging in again, of course, at the end. But Brandon, uh, I've known you for since twenty. Was it two thousand and? It was sophomore year of high school for us. Seven. Yeah, so it's like been fourteen years, honestly, because we were fifteen, and we're about to be twenty nine. So it's like thirteen, fourteen years now. Pretty yeah. yeah, pretty much. It's well, yeah, well, it's been a while. Well over a decade for sure. And we had that oh, awkward year where we didn't see each other in high school. Uh, that's true. <laughs> do we do we count that? Do we count? Like, uh, we count it. Let's that just, was let's junior year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, Brandon and I've been friends since sophomore year. Um, so we've been uh, always talking, and actually, I've referred to him many a time in the podcast before, just because he's one of the close friends I talk to. Uh, and then, of course, we do talk a lot of comics on our own. But yeah, Brandon has his own comic podcast, multiple, which is uh, pretty awesome. He's also a, aren't you a writing major as well? Creative writing in English with the emphasis on playwriting, if you want to get fancy, yes. with a comic book studies cool minor, as official as that sounds, or you want to make it sound. Which we've had him and James both. Uh, they're both uh, official quarantine graduates, which is uh, yeah. pretty awesome. Jazz hands, everybody. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> okay, guys. This is the Last of Us Part Two special. It's basically a spoiler cast. Uh, we're gonna go through everything from characters, the story, uh, gameplay mechanics, everything. Like uh, as much as we can. Uh, we're tr- going to try not to make it too long. We're definitely not going to make it long as uh, episode 50 because that, that was like a one-time thing until maybe episode 100 or something like that. Uh, but we'll we'll go through a, a bunch of different topics I, I listed and we'll just we'll just get right into it. Uh, first off, we're going to start with... Uh, did anyone get this game spoiled? Because I know, of course, this is a big thing. James, were you spoiled? No, thankfully, as soon as I heard that there were spoilers out there, I just, like, shut down watching anything on YouTube or seeking out anything even closely related to The Last of Us and just, like, staying away from comment sections in general. And thankfully, I was uh, saved from spoilers. Gotcha. And Brandon, how about you? (sighs) I didn't shut down. (laughs) Well, I didn't shut down because I was trying to look up gameplay videos, and it wasn't videos that were spoiled for me. It was random articles that my little Google News thing would tell me. So it would say, like, Last of Us in the title, and I only had two things spoiled for me. One was kind of my fault. The other one was me just kind of going through my feed. And I found out you play as Abby in the second part. Mm. Now... Uh, this is when people were mixing things up and they were saying you play as Abby or like they were saying you play as the villain and it's the whole second half of the game. And people were also like saying all these things that like Abby is a man and all that. And that's why people were like saying that's who you play as. And that's gotcha. kind of like what the article was talking about. And then the second thing that was spoiled for me was... <laughs> I couldn't believe Jesse's voice actor <laughs> because his what? voice was so deep. 
And I was like, who's this guy playing Jesse? And I looked up his name online and it goes Jesse's death. And I'm like, well, that was totally my fault. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, like we'll we'll get to him. But like, did anyone feel like his voice was really deep and kind of didn't match his character? It was, it was, um, I liked it. I I enjoyed it. It's like, uh, how would you describe it? It's, um, because you're not used to, honestly, minorities of like a Texan or Southern drawl of sorts like it's always like i mean just from media and everything else you're used to just seeing like a white dude or something like that uh the fact that it was an asian guy you're like whoa this is different like you're not expecting it yeah i was and just like who it was i was like... very welcome to it because he i loved hearing his voice it was quite it was quite soothing to say the he least. was probably my favorite new character I, yeah, I mean, yeah we'll get we'll, of the side characters we could anyway. talk new characters but yeah those were the and, few spoiled for me <clears throat> gotcha I myself uh, held out, so I stayed away from everything. I was, like, avoiding everything I could. On my Discord, like, with my friends from uh, college, uh, some of them put in, like, the stupid... uh, You guys know the meme spoilers that they did with, like, the the drawings of, like, I guess, key points. Uh, I saw those, kind of, but I didn't understand them, so I didn't really... I was like, that doesn't count, and I don't care, whatever. Uh, I didn't understand until I actually played the game, and then, like, I looked at it again, and I went, oh, I get it now, okay, but still, you didn't, like, they're not bad spoilers, because if you, there's no context to them, it's like when they used to do those, um, Avengers, uh, Infinity War out of context spoilers. Yeah. Uh, so, I held out until the very end, the day of, I got in the mail, it was installing, and I just went on Twitter for a second, and I think, like, uh, uh, Neil Druckmann said something. I just see, like, it was either that or Naughty Dog. And then the comments is like, man, they can't believe they did Joel in like that. He got fucking golfed in the first, like, hour. And I was like, fuck. See, <laughs> so I, I was... found out about Joel so fast and that it was a golf club. That was not spoiled for me. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was fun. Uh, but, yeah, so... We, for the most part, I think, avoided most of the stuff. It was just small key points. And James, you remained, uh, or you remained a steady, you, yeah. were, you were pure. You were pure through the whole thing. The only thing uh, was, I was pretty sure that Joel was probably going to be the one that died or whatever. Because, I mean, unless they were really strong on, like, her relationship with Dina. Like, everyone thought or a lot of people thought before the game came out that Dina was going to be one that gets killed, and that's why she I goes on her too. revenge I did, too. They made it look obvious, but it was a good uh, twist around, I feel like. Yeah. It's just, for me, he, it just seemed like Joel was the only one that can make Ellie go on, like, a murder revenge spree. Yeah? Uh, that the, makes sense. The one thing I know that, uh, I guess, Sony or Naughty Dog did to kind of trick people was in a lot of the early trailers, they made Joel look older mm. in some of the clips to make it look like he was there consistently throughout the story, when really those were all flashbacks, so he looks younger in comparison. So Yeah, I did they, see that. They did that to that try to sense. avoid spoilers or speculation. So, amongst other little tricks, right? But that was like a big one people were pretty pissed about, which I don't get why people would be pissed about, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen people saying like, "Well, oh, Naughty Dog tricked me. They stole my sixty dollars <laughs> because they sold me on a different game. I wanted to play as Joel." Oh. And they, they they showed you playing as Ellie in the very be- like it's you knew you were playing as Ellie. Man, that was like she plays better for- anyways. Whatever. 
yeah for me it's just like why so what did you not get mad at disney for doing the same exact thing with the avengers trailers like were you not mad that the hulk was like not at wakanda or whatever people I don't like know. it just doesn't make sense to me people like a like to pick and choose the battles they want to complain about Fair enough. exactly all right so we're gonna cover first off everything from the story plot characters uh we don't necessarily have to go in order of everything i listed we could just kind of go naturally of how we feel and just kind of just let it run from there uh, but the first question I did want to ask was, does this game uh, need to exist in terms of, like, after playing the first one, is this one necessary? Uh, pretty much. Which I will say first, like, it isn't. I don't think it is. It didn't need to be made. Now, have it having it now, like, it's awesome and I enjoy it and I'm, I'm glad it's been made but it's not necessarily it's not necessary to the first game personally yeah like so for me i by the end of the game i was like i enjoyed pretty much every second of it but yeah like my one of my biggest complaints in anything in any media is an unnecessary sequel and it really just felt like this story did not need to be it didn't need to be a last of us part two i guess because like i just really loved how the first game and it, it was so perfectly wrapped up and there was just enough ambiguity at the end that you could you know think about it and mull it over in your head for like a long time but in this one it's just like okay well what if years later you like the shit that happened in the first game had some ramifications like that's basically it yeah. Uh, you know, the, the funny thing is, I totally agree with what you guys are saying. And I, because I, I'm totally for that this needed to exist. <laughs> uh, I totally get where you guys are coming from. My thing is, kind of when you have a retrospect and look at the first game, um, I didn't go play it after playing this one because gameplay wise, I couldn't do it, I think. But when you go back and watch clips, and I've been seeing a lot of like video essays and all that, of course, and articles. Uh, looking back at the whole first game and realizing that the plot ended, you know, Joel did what he was supposed to do. But Ellie's story continues to me. You know, she has the has all these questions for Joel and she kind of feels this like weird survivor's guilt for not mm, doing the surgery, yeah. for Joel kind of being ambiguous about what happened. Yeah, and that's fair. Even at the end of the game, she looks uncomfortable. So for her, she has no closure. And her closure is to find answers, right? Because in the game, you find she finds out everything. And mm -hmm. then, you know, her story progresses as a relationship with Joel as being her father figure. And essentially, their story doesn't get any closure. So to have her closure, she needs to go through all of this to find Abby. And it's like an emotional closure, right? Yeah. She needs... Almost like her vengeance is like her justice to help her sleep at night, to not have nightmares. And we can go talk about the ending later about like how that changes for her. But essentially, her story does continue even by the end of the first game. Because you could just physically see it in her face that something's not right. And that's, yeah. you know, maybe they could have made like a, a epilogue movie. Or they did that scene where they did that play, like a live postgame with the cast. Uh, maybe it wasn't enough, and you know, of course, Sony wanted money, but at the same time, her story needed to continue for her to feel better. 
for sure. Yeah. Like, I see what you mean. Like, uh, that was the, what I meant by, like, the ambiguity at the end of the first game. It's like, you can see that Ellie is, like, not sure if she wants to believe Joel about, like, everything that he told her about, like, the Fireflies not being able to find a cure and stuff. So, I don't know. I just... It's not that I didn't enjoy the story at the end. It's just, like, it's so sad. <laughs> and I, I get it. And, like, I really did despite how sad that flashback scene was where she does force Joel to finally tell her the truth. I loved that scene. Cause like, well, partly because it was so well acted that like when she finally gets the truth, she like literally just like collapses and has like a panic attack and like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I, I can't believe you did that. Like you're a monster. And like, yeah, honestly, Joel is not really that good of a person. So, I don't know. I, I will get into it later, but like one of the things I really praise this game on is that it makes you empathize with the other side. And I just I love that it all starts off with like, yeah, you remember that one doctor in the game in the last game that you killed? Well, he had the connections. <laughs> he had some like he had someone who cared about him and she like you ruined her life. Like I love that idea that like so one of the many random acts of violence that you uh, did in the in the last game had consequences. So I kind of like that they actually continued that in like at least for Joel like he got what was coming to him literally. Whether you like yeah, it or in not. A sense. <laughs> and I would say I guess two things on it. Like one I would say um I guess if this if they had never announced a part 2 to Last of Us, I wouldn't have questioned it personally like I, I don't think i would go out there and be like we need a sequel and stuff like that because they do they do um one thing you can you can definitely tell is with each of these games they you can tell they can make a sequel if they want to but they close it pretty thoroughly where they don't need to at the same time like you could you, you can see that there was originally like, they made it so it could be a one-shot. You don't have to make a sequel for that. And they even did it with two, in, in a sense, uh, where you don't need, like, a third uh, game either. But also, when you think about it, the minute you hear, oh, there's going to be a sequel to Last of Us, you think, ah, shit, it gets worse. Because <laughs> you're like, you know, it ends and you're like, okay, they're going to go to live in Jackson and build lives. And then you go, the only if there's another game, that means good things don't happen because that's not the point of games, really, uh, when it comes to stories like this, for sure. Let me just say, in terms of the story, I love the whole depressing ending. <laughs> I, I'm one of those people that loves really sad you know, plots and films and books because I don't know, they just intrigue. They're me. also a rarity in a sense because a no, lot of the times, good. like you know, you're usually getting the happy ending, which everyone's used to hearing about. You don't see the, yeah, life is tough and you're not always going to get everything you want and shit's going to suck sometimes. You got to deal with it, live with it, and keep going, pretty much. So I think if i i know i keep saying like i'll or i'll try to boil it down but like i one of the reasons why i feel like the second game didn't necessarily need to exist even though i still enjoy that it does is that the first game from almost the very beginning you saw the point of it like the plot was ellie is like the first person ever possibly to be immune to the cordyceps fu uh, fungus 
And the goal is to get her to some place where they can use that to save the world, basically. So there was a very clear, high-stakes reason why you had to protect this girl going across the country. And what was so beautiful about it, in my opinion, was like, seeing the relationship between Joel and Ellie go from like, he basically like did not care about her at all in the beginning. He didn't even like her. He thought it was annoying having a kid around that he had to take care of. And by the end, she's basically his daughter at that point. And he's like, you're going to kill her. You're not even going to give her a a chance or an option. Like, no, I, I literally will not let you do that. So I, I get it. I, as much as I don't agree with what he did, I understand it. But for The Last of Us Part Two, it's just like from the very beginning, it's like, oh no, it's a revenge story and it never changes from that. Although there yeah. there are like deeper messages to be gleaned from it, but like it basically, at least for Ellie, never changes from get revenge. Which does pretty much bring us into like kind of the next two topics of like Joel's death, what led up to it, and the never ending cycle of violence and revenge that we just kind of see throughout this. And with it, you know, obviously, we see Joel die in the beginning from Abby, who is the daughter of the doctor that he murdered, which, of course, the Fireflies go with her because some of them are friends with her, and they will go with her just like others went with Ellie. Uh, but also, they saw the cure was within arm's reach, and it was all taken from them, and they're like, oh, this guy universally is like an enemy of the state in a sense, where he stopped uh, pretty much like a potential to return to like a relatively normal life or like a non violent life of infected trying to kill you at least there'd still be people but at least like one big uh variable would be just eliminated completely that brought them into this into this uh situation in the first place so we just kind of see that start off with then ellie going after abby and then from there, it's just uh, they take things from each other uh, via people and their own, at certain points, body parts. And dogs. Uh, and dogs, yeah. Which, oh god, the fucking dogs. We'll, we'll, that's a, yeah, we'll get there. But yeah, so how do you guys, how do you guys feel about all of this? I'll, I'll just start off with I don't hate the... How do I put it? Basically, they... I like to think that people want to tell a story for a reason and they make, you know, I, not to say I'm an expert, but you know, I learned about these things in school about like why we make the decisions we do in our storytelling. And they wanted to hit a very heavy emotional beat some way, somehow. And the only way they felt was best was killing Joel because I think the game kind of dances with the idea of how there's no good or evil it's very gray area you know you're your own hero to your story hence the ellie and abby perspective where the opposing character is the villain and what i think they were trying to do is because it's a video game it has more emotional depth when you're controlling a character that loves another character that died because you're not just watching it on screen. You are playing as Ellie. You are playing as Abby. You are helping them survive through this world by controlling them, right? And we're thinking strictly story. On a gameplay level, you might not have that connection. Like, 
when you're actually murdering 30 million people. But <laughs> you, <laughs> I know, the, the cycle of violence. Oh, I better go kill like 50 people in this one room. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say there? It's got it's collectibles. Like, they yeah. they wanted you to be angry about Joel dying just as much as Ellie was. And they wanted you to yes. be sad about it and be just as hungry for blood as Ellie was. And the same thing for Abby. They wanted you to play as her and see and feel what it's like to for her to lose her father and be on the same blood hunt for Ellie, you know? And then you kind of go in this vicious cycle. And the thing about empathy that James was talking about, you feel this empathy for these characters where you kind of don't want either one to die by the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, we could talk about yeah. that in the, when we talk about the ending. But I think it was very ballsy to kill Joel. I mean, I didn't like oh, it. Oh, very uh, much yeah. so. You know, I didn't like it because, yeah, I played a shit ton of the first game. And to be real, he was only in one game. So it's not like I had, like, a super emotional attachment to him. But still, you know, I played the first Last of Us on PS3 when it came out multiple times. I played it on PS4. I definitely loved him as a character. And I didn't want to see him die. But I was definitely like, oh, no, he died. I need to go get revenge, too. <laughs> and No, for sure. And this is probably, what, the fourth time... PlayStation's killed off a protagonist. Basically. and so They do it a lot, actually, now thinking about it. <laughs> people are more ballsy to kill off their main characters these days. And I respect that. Because as a storyteller, it's not easy. You grow attached to these characters when you write them and you spend hours... Like, again, from my personal experience, when you... Especially when writing a video game, when you spend this amount of time developing these characters and fleshing them out, and then to make the decision to kill them, it's not easy. So it's not like they did this to piss people off. They did it with an intention to make you feel something, and I think they achieved that by killing Joel. And yeah. realistically, before I rant anymore, was there going to be anyone else that got killed that would piss Ellie off that much? Let's be honest here. Like, yeah, yeah Dina could have probably died and she'd be angry, but Joel was basically her dad. And even if she got yeah. mad at him and didn't want to talk to him, she didn't want to see him die, nonetheless tortured in front of her. So... Pretty much. It so, was the yeah. only character that made sense on. realistically. And yeah. Yeah. Like I kinda I kinda love how Joel ended up saving Abby from like a horde. Literally in like that doesn't even change her opinion. She's just like, holy fuck, like the guy that we were about to basically storm Jackson for just falls into my lap and we've got him. And, like, I kind of love how they did that scene where they, like, walk into the room and it's just like, hey, this is Joel. I'm Tommy. Tommy. Well, I forgot his name for a sec. So, uh, it's like, we're from Jackson. <laughs> and they're, like, trying to be nice neighborly people and, like, hey, yeah, stop by town and, like, uh, get some supplies on your way out. And then it's just like, you act like you've heard us or heard of us before. It's like, that's because we have. And she like blows his fucking kneecap off yeah. with a shotgun. I, I literally was like shocked. I'm yeah. Like, oh, and fuck, you can what? tell also though, while Tommy's talking, if you look at Joel, he's like suspicious, steading everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And let's be real. If they stormed Jackson, they were totally going to lose. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jackson's pretty well, especially like um, you see in the first game. They survive like a, a shit ton of those hunters in the second game. Now, like they're even more reinforced, heavily more populated, and just all around. Yeah, like, yeah. Just so, goes to show, guys, don't go out in storms. My other question, though, is: Do you think that Abby's torturing and killing of Joel makes sense, though, for the character? 
because they spend pretty much the rest of the, or at least her part of the game, showing you that, like, she's trying to be a good person, or at least trying to make up, she seems to be trying to make up for what she did to Joel. Because yeah, it seems like, or, or sorry, keep Well, it's just like, personally, she, as far as she knows, Joel did not torture and murder her father. She He just shot him uh, and killed him. Like, but she decides that Joel needs to suffer. Yeah? Well, I th- oh. Whoever wants to go first, you can go, Cameron. Alright, uh, I was gonna say that with her, I think it's more so like, everything for her has been building up uh, since that day. It's been pretty much like her mission uh, went from, yeah, I just, you know, how my dad collect coins and, uh, you know, go hunt. I, he gets lost, so I have to go find him to... Go save oh, yeah, yeah, this man fucking... <laughs> fucking this man uh, killed my dad and also killed the cure... And everything else and she like we we relive her feeling of that moment i want to say like three or four times honestly where she goes yeah. down the corridor of the hospital and finds his body and each time it's a little bit different because it's all the different decisions and choices she has haunts her but throughout it like her whole mission in life is to find and kill joel after the her father's death and through it like during the time like you know she is owen and everything else but her you, you can tell she has to choose one or the other at a certain point and she chooses obsession over living uh so with that like uh when we finally get to the class her personal climax in terms of like her lifelong mission is completed in the beginning of the game and afterwards yes it's her pretty much going well fuck what happens now because the all the everything she sacrificed is clearly in front of her with Owen and now Mel pregnant. Uh, she really, she has some friends, but that's about it. She has no true purpose besides uh, for I possibly continue the cause of the wolves, but really like um, she, she has to figure it out. But now she also has time to kind of see now that she is finished with that, she can look and look back with a different perspective of like, Oh fuck, what have I done throughout everything to get to here? And that's when, of course, you know, Yara and Love get into it. And then she sees that chance for redemption uh, in terms of kind of that whole thing. Your turn, Brandon. Go for it. Okay. So I'm not going to sit on, on a strictly plot standpoint. You know, I get it. Because, or even gameplay too. It all makes sense. A lot of people were saying they should have made the game where you play as Abby first, building up to meeting Joel, and then play as Ellie to get her quest for revenge kind of thing. But I kind of like, I still agree with the story choice they went with because they did it for a reason. But you kind of have to... I've seen a lot of people on YouTube basically say that Abby is reliving Joel's story. And we say that... They they say that, and I agree with that. And, you know, after replaying the game again, I saw that. Where, like Joel in the first game, he lost his daughter. And it changed him as a person for good. You know, he seemed like a pretty humble dad who really wanted to work hard and loved his kid. And then he lost her. And then he had to adapt for the world. The same exact thing happened to Abby. She lost. Her. She seemed like a pretty normal teenage girl in an apocalypse. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, or at least like a young teenage kid. Like she was like what, 14, 13 when her dad died, or maybe a little Something older. Something like that, yeah. I think she's a little, a little older, older. I think. But either way, she seemed like a normal kid, right? And mm-hmm. once she lost her father, she had tunnel vision. She was like, "I need to avenge my father." Hence the super jacked arms. <laughs> 
which oh yeah <laughs> I, I wish i got jacked as her everyone can... i mean i love that memory flashback where she's like hey i can lift 180 pounds now or like i could push it and you're just like oh shit she's just bodybuilding yeah. let's go she's my, a survivor baby my co-worker texts me he's like bro she got arms like you he <laughs> 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 was like they're bigger than yours and i'm like it's not my fault but you know she goes through a physical and emotional transformation this, mm-hmm. you know, Abby becomes like this tank of a woman who is dead set on killing Joel. Like she works out to the point where she's got arms that are bigger than anyone. And she's like peak soldier. You know, she's obviously like the best shot compared to anyone else. And she takes command like she leads groups and everything. And I get it. You know, her dad was killed and she's out for blood. And it makes sense why she was on that like tunnel vision kind of approach. And I guess that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, again, I'm not trying to like argue against you guys' points. I'm just saying, no, no, no. you know, what I see and what I agree with and how I perceive it as well. And basically her she became like she had her version of Joel's story because of all that too. And Oh, for sure. You know, when we yeah. get to the Yara and Lev stuff, of course, like it, it'll all make sense. But like which I will say, like, they do pretty much, like, as you said, like, I completely agree, like, because you do have that whole thing, and then Yara and Lev are the redemption of, like, El- they're the equivalent of Ellie oh, in yeah. the original. Exactly. And, yeah, you know, like, to me, it all makes sense why people are doing the things they do. It may not be morally correct, but it makes sense. It plays in that cycle of violence, in that gray area, why people shut down and have narrow, like, tunnel vision towards a goal. And so... I think your question was why, like, was it like, does it make sense for her that she him? was so violent yeah. when killing Joel? It, it does because she doesn't know Joel's story. She just knows Joel as this crazy man that killed her father. She doesn't know that Joel took care of Ellie, that he used to be a father, that he lost the daughter and that he is a smuggler and he was a shitty guy, openly admitted shitty guy who changed for the better. She doesn't know that. She just knows him as some guy that traveled across America to kill her dad. That's very true. Yep. And, if you and put it that for way, all our friends, he's like the guy that just stopped the cure. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing is with her yeah. too, like the beginning with it from Abby's perspective of hunting Joel down and Ellie's perspective of hunting Abby down, it's just black and white. You go, this person did this thing to me. Nothing else matters. I need to kill them. They, they don't know the entire story. Which, of course, is the point of the game, too, is yeah, exactly. the whole thing is black and white until they go, hey, it turns out it's actually gray this whole time. And then you finally start seeing everything else and you go, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. and then you through all the times when they get into those great decisions, then you're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do exactly. this. Yeah. Like, like uh, for instance, when you're playing as Ellie, they name the dogs that you kill. And uh-huh. they even the girl with the feta. Yeah. And <laughs> they I know she's playing Hotline Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but she you know when you i remember specifically on day when you go to the hospital you shoot a dog in the face or kill it and they go bear oh my god they kill bear and then when you're playing as abby on the first day you pet bear you throw a tennis ball and play catch with uh, bear. yeah yeah same, same with, thing uh, with alice. was it alice yeah the dog yeah. is stabbed to death yeah. in the aquarium so even as something as like little as that like you don't like it, but it makes sense, you know, like why they're doing these things and why they're angry. But yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the dog thing, like one of the saddest moments in the game for me was, I don't even know why. It's like, I hated killing the dogs. Oh dude. Like I, I tried to avoid it as much as I could. Cause like I, I, I hated them all. hearing their yelping. I hated hearing them suffering. If I, like, I, 
I shot one dude with an exploding arrow one time and I blew a dog in half who was next to him and I was like, oh no, what have I done? Dude, when you throw a Molotov, like, oh my god. Oh, oh I, my god. Uh, no, it's the worst. And, but like, there's a moment in the, the last act where I was, I shot a rattler and that was like, that, that uh, was uh, carrying a dog, not carrying a dog around, but it was like, <laughs> <a dog laughs> <carrying around. laughs> and so I was like, I killed everyone else in the area except for the dog. Cause I was like hoping that maybe the dog would just run off or something like that. And no, what happened was like, I killed the, the dog's master and the dog like goes over to body and, and starts like crying yeah, and whimpering. They, they Cause it's like, the dead it's bodies. friend is dead. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll put you out of your misery, little pup. I'm so sorry. <laughs> let me, let me just say, after. I think it's safe to say we all love animals. We all love dogs. And yeah, they are beautiful creatures. But oh, my God, Survivor plus the dogs. Holy shit. Let me just say you. I'm, I'm assuming you hate dogs after. Dude, no, I don't hate dogs in real life. In that game, dog like they you may feel bad, but they definitely don't feel bad. They flank you and. <laughs> They could they sneak up on you too. That happened to me, and they are ruthless. <laughs> and oh, I bet, dude, you're at that point. You feel like the character. You're like, oh shit, this dog's about to kill me. <laughs> also, I noticed the difference in um, Seattle to Santa Barbara was like uh, Seattle wasn't it like German Shepherds pretty much, and then Santa Barbara was it a Doberman Pinscher? It was, if actually. I remember correctly. Oh, I didn't yeah, notice that. Yeah, and I don't even know how. How did I even know that's a Doberman Pinscher? Fuck, I didn't even know that was a dog. <laughs> I just it just came up in my head. Wow, freaking knowledge. Sure it was a Doberman. I, I got. It was definitely not a German Shepherd. Oh yeah, no, they didn't have those. Um, which I feel like at one point we should talk about the Rattlers later on, just because they're really fun to talk about. Yeah. But yeah. Well, uh, that's later. Yeah. So let, let me just say. We, we, yeah, they achieved to make me feel bad about fighting dogs, and it makes me want to hug a pupper in real life and be like, "I'm sorry to your virtual friends." Yeah, I, w- I would point my gun down at the dog and see, be like, "How how about meow?" And I just uh, <laughs> loose the trigger. Man, cat. No, but no, I feel bad for those. The, the first God sound design, man, sound design right there. They, they that's via sound. It wasn't the fear, the the uh, the visual of the dog dying. It was the sound of the dog. It did make me yelling. wonder, like, how did they record like? dog on fire sound effect well there's only one way to do it man and it's authenticity i'm just uh, kidding, no. so yeah like did they hurt a dog what they <laughs> like a, they have like 20 dogs and they go well we have 20 tries here guys let's go to work my assumption is that they recorded dogs barking or kind of like begging uh, and maybe augment it because there's no way you can get that legally of course there's no way that passed oh, no. i'd be now i don't think in the credits i i don't think in the credits that it's they didn't say that any animals were harmed in the, in the making oh, no. of okay. this game <laughs> i i love this game but if they actually hurt dogs i'd be up in arms in a split second <laughs> like, uh, probably the worst yeah the worst was denying them a chew toy uh that was probably the the meanest thing they did to get the recordings I, they needed I, I, you know i should actually Oh my god, okay, at a certain point, because I haven't talked to him in a long time, but my, like, uh, I know one of the, I know the lead audio, uh, the lead audio engineer, or not engineer, Jesus Christ, uh, but I, I know the lead audio designer uh, at Naughty Dog. He was actually, like, closest thing I got to a mentor. Um, at a certain point, when I finally talk to him again and catch up, I'm actually going to remember to ask him. Uh, how to how he got they those, better not probably let any me dogs know. I will send so many angry yeah, I'll, I'll let you know when I eventually do it probably won't be for a while but I'll, I'll figure I'll, I'll see what happens <laughs> oh man but yeah shout out to Rob Crickle man he was his, his team and him they did a fantastic job holy shit in terms of the audio there jeez uh, but yeah so 
we got through really the cycle of violence and understanding uh, going through it, which we'll kind of go through further of just talking about the characters themselves of, I guess, do we want to do we want to do the side characters first? Or we want to do like Ellie and Abby first. Just get the main ones out. Even though we did talk. All right. All right. Yeah. So Ellie, holy shit. So we got a... We just got someone that just wants... She, she just doesn't know what she wants. Or she knows what she wants, but it's just... Man, it's just nonstop suffering for her. Because she goes from like, I got this life I'm building. And you when you find out... When you find out the last of what happened with her and Joel through all the flashbacks... Yeah. Like, that that's what really hurts. That's what I think hurts the most is just everything there. And also watching... Um, because we see with Abby, I already talked about it, but we see with Abby, to get to her objective, she makes uh, personal sacrifices of living life. With Ellie, we play through her making the sacrifices of living her life to get revenge instead. So it's not already past tense for her. We're just doing it as the game goes through watching Jesse die, through watching Dina kind of, you know, Dina leaves you at the end. Um through Tommy kind of shunning you and just that terrible feel. God, that, that, that scene was probably the most, I just like the hairs on the back of my neck were just like uncomfortably uncomfortable because of that. Just like, uh, un- just terribleness of like, you got to go kill them. What happened? And you're just like, I get it, but also fuck, this is all terrible. Um, and of course, like her whole journey of, going to seattle to kill this one per well not even kill this one person she wants to kill her specifically but she doesn't mind taking out everyone else that was uh, accompanied to it throughout the journey as well and through it we see her making the mistakes abby made but also at the same time taking a in a sense i guess in terms of like the the stages of revenge uh she takes a a, a more deeper run through it and keeps going even though she can stop uh which at the same time you can tell mentally and psychologically she can't um because it's still haunting her it's still living with her there's not i don't think there's a therapist in jackson i'm not too sure so <laughs> it's like be, you don't know they're, they're there, yeah there could open. be but it's like she at that point she has a lot more solitude and a lot more time to think with that time to think you know, it's harder to, ironically, like, oh, living a life alone in a farm, you know, it's nice and everything else. But at the same time, it's like, fuck, you let your mind wander enough, you're going to have this shit keep happening to you. Not to mention the PTSD from, like, anything, like, what was it, um, what falls that, like, something falls down and it makes her relive Joel getting, like, it's, beaten with the golf it, club. It was, like, some random, like, a Rake farm thing. Thing, like a rake or something yeah like that's something that soft did that it was just like oh shit okay yeah she's heavily like heavily damaged in that term of like whole like she still has she hasn't recovered whatsoever from this but yeah go for it go for it james yeah like i i kind of love as, as much as i hated that ellie she has like a good life she has like essentially a wife i don't know if they ever got like married or if they're just like whatever we'll let's just live together they're like uh, 19 <laughs> Because, like, I don't know if they even, like, <laughs> give a shit about legalizing or formalizing a marriage in that... I don't think it I don't think they, yeah, I don't like, think they care. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't think it matters. But, like, so she's as happy as she could be, basically, given that she's, like, trying to live through PTSD of, like, Joel's death and stuff like that, not quite getting to finish her um, vengeance. 
but like and as much as I hated seeing her leave, I kind of love that like the reason why she leaves is like uh Tommy comes back and he's like I found her. And at this point, like he can barely walk. He's like missing an eye. His his wife has separated from him. And he's he literally it's like a representation of what Ellie will become if she chooses one more time to keep going with her uh, with the violent acts like because he's literally maimed and he's lost almost basically everything because his life is still consumed by by this like need for revenge and then when ellie goes off and she does you know uh try to get her like revenge on abby one more time she does come back maimed and she does uh, lose her like significant other like she literally ends up basically just like Tommy with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I was the thing that's crazy when you look at the beginning of the game, uh basically Tommy is the one that's a little apprehensive and Ellie's the one pushing to go get revenge. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the end of the game, because of the acts that have taken place, it switches roles. So they kind of reflect each other constantly where Tommy is the one that's pushing her to go get revenge and she's like the one that's like ready to settle down. And then they both kind of end up losing the same amount because of, you know, this cycle of, like, vengeance they keep pushing each other towards. Yeah. And it's like you can't also – it's like I guess some people were probably pissed off at Tommy for what he did. But at the same time, yeah, it's, it's Ellie did it first and took him out of a good life he had. And then, it, like, he was so guilted that he also couldn't bear, like – he he felt he had to honor Joel by not putting the one he loved the most in danger either, which is why he leaves before her, because he's like, Paramount, I need Ellie to survive, because that's what Joel would want. So he's like, I'll do this myself, and then through it, like, he he does a good job. He, like, kills, what, two of them, I think? Well, and then he fucking he shoots Manny the fuck out of one of them. Yeah, he torches... He, does, he demolishes that whole crew... <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah, though he they weren't his target really. He was like he got Manny and he got the duty tortured really, and I think uh, the others he didn't do because one was Owen killed one and Ellie uh, and then the scars kill another and then Ellie kills like the I think like three of them honestly three or four. Well, the thing uh, is, oh sorry, it's just they're so equally matched and <laughs> they keep killing each other off. Oh, very much so. Yeah, no, yeah, easily, and. Uh, through it, you know, it's we get to the theater, and he gets shot in the fucking head and the leg. Like, no, he gets the bow to the... He gets an arrow to the leg. Of, oh, fucking A. I used to be an adventurer like you, but then I took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> they literally... They fucking did. I just realized that. Son of a bitch. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Lev shoots him in the leg with an arrow, so that fucks up his leg. And then Abby shoots him in the goddamn head. And you expect, like, the whole time you're thinking he's dead yeah, until yeah, he I'm walks sure through he the dead. door. And he's alive, and your first thought is just joy because he's alive. And you're like, oh my god, he's alive. And then he starts talking, and you go, oh no, oh no, <laughs> this isn't what I wanted either. Um, but you, you see, like, yeah, fucking gunshot to the head, took out his eye, arrow to the leg, took out his fucking leg, pretty much. So the man's physically maimed, comes back, so now with those physical reminders, it's even harder for him to, like, get back his, oh, his brother's dead, he didn't complete his mission, uh, and he has physical deformities to show for it, and he can't probably get past it, I'm assuming, I could be wrong, but I feel like he probably took up drinking, maybe. 
Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like see like I, I wouldn't be surprised, and that that's just speculation. Uh, to a point where his wife just sees nonstop vengeance in him. That's not even the man she loves anymore, and leaves him. And then you see that reflect back to Ellie, where she's still in a sense like herself running through this journey, and you see like her relationship kind of flourish in a way throughout the journey with Dina. Uh, everything from reading her journal entries on the way there to seeing them banter throughout the downtown before they get to the serious shit to uh, fucking take take on me in the music store. Oh, God. I, that, that, I think that was the second time I cried playing this fucking game was that scene. And then, uh, like, later on, we finally start seeing, like, there is, she's getting results. She's taking people out. She's finding things out. And with it, like, Dean is still with her 100% until you find out she's pregnant. And you're just like, oh, God, why did she come? And stuff like that. And it changes the situation because you're like, oh, God, there's extra life we have to worry about. And then we get Jesse coming in. And they're like, you start to see the choices being made. Because at first you see, oh, yeah, your friends are with you 100%. But once you find everything out, Jesse's like, we need to get the fuck out of here. She's pregnant. And we also need to... Ellie... Ironically, even though she wants to save him, he's not the prerogative of, hey, let's use Tommy as a scapegoat to stay and continue. And she has them remain with her for that. But then the time finally comes where it's like, choose to go help Tommy or choose to go after Abby at the aquarium. And you see it happen where Jesse goes one way and she goes the other. And that's, like, the first the first full, uh, like, physical decision that she makes in terms of revenge over life. And then we see, well, I guess first was pregnancy, staying, and then uh, Abby versus Tommy. And then we see it again where you can tell, like, I guess it's not necessarily this one, but we get to the theater. We get to Jesse's death. We get to Tommy basically being attacked and... At, Ellie doesn't really have that chance to choose anymore. It's now just survival. Uh, but we get through it, and we finally get back to the farm where, okay, it's the same thing as Tommy in a way, but not to that extent yet, where we lost Jesse, but we still have the happiness of Dina, a child, this farm life they wanted to have. But Tommy is that physical reminder of, remember what you had me do. I need you to do the same for me can you do that but also she the woman that killed your father is still out there your objective has not been completed like abby's was so you don't have the redemption because you haven't complete you haven't gotten to that point where you want that afterthought yet and we see the whole hunting down and everything else and we finally the the gray hits ellie finally instead of the black and white at the very end via the loss of three fingers and a fight to the death where she's literally threatening a child <laughs> And uh, through it, we just, we see her become Tommy in that sense, yeah, because now she is literally missing body parts. She comes back to nothing. Uh, she has that final choice of, do I stay here? Life is hard, yes, but we can potentially get through it through time, uh, talk, you know, living and just figuring out how to deal with it versus follow this and forsake the woman you love, this new child in your life. Uh, the life you're living, and she does, and she comes back to nothing, uh, which she knew was a potential, 
because she leaves Dina to like, oh, hey, you know, you have like 20 sheep, you got this entire farm to run, also there's a child, and uh, every all these other things to do, which, you know, that's kind of hard for one person to maintain. So naturally, Dina leaves to go to her, uh, to Jesse's family's place, probably, and that's probably where they went, because uh, they can actually help them maintain it. So she's, she's probably back in Jackson, for sure. But we basically, yeah, we see that full... We see that full kind of run through with Ellie and her journey. Uh, what do you guys think about all of it, really? I know I just kind of narrated the whole thing, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, going back to that scene where Jesse is like, well, we know, th- like, uh, Tommy's probably here. Isn't our mission to go save Tommy? And she's like, no. Well, yeah, but like, we could kill Abby while we're here too. And she's like that is definitely like a defining moment where she chooses revenge over like just literally someone that she loves or is supposed to, he should be basically like an uncle to her. Like, so I, I like that you do see her gradually go more and more into like nothing else matters, but revenge. Yeah. Yeah. But it is really sad that like even, yeah, by the end, like, she lost two like her last two fingers on her like string hand or whatever for her guitar i, I don't know what you call it but like so she she can't even properly play, uh, play the guitar anymore to like remember joel or what i mean i guess you don't need to play the guitar to remember someone you love but like oh that is true i forgot i, I didn't like, think about that because i'm not a musician i was like oh at least she still has the two fingers she can play with the guitar <laughs> like she can about that she could yeah. Yeah, okay. she can maybe learn how to play, like, left-handed or whatever, but, like, that's the thing. Like, she tries to play Joel's song at the end, but it doesn't sound right because she can't hit all the strings. And so she's just like, oh, I don't even have this anymore, and just leaves it. Eh. Well, the thing is, the guitar represents Joel, basically. It represents yeah. her relationship with him and all that. And they foreshadow a lot of this. When you start the game, Joel sings that song that's like, he'll lose himself. Yeah, if, yeah. That, you know that was very core to the game. Yeah, plot, if, or not? You know, if plot. if you were to lose her, and basically that's what happens. She loses him, and she loses herself, and she lost who she, I guess, was with Joel, and that's symbolic with the guitar. And her her stop playing and to put the guitar down and just leave is her laying Joel to rest, basically. Yeah. So that's kind of like her, for like sure. her way of dealing with it. That's kind of all I, I want to point did, on that. Did we want to talk about Ellie anymore, or do we want to move on to Abby? We can move on to Abby. I mean, yeah. Ellie's yeah. Okay. pretty good. You know, it, it's straightforward and it, from beginning to end makes sense. Yeah. So for Abby, I know we did already kind of tackle her revenge to an extent and everything else, but. We do see, like, yeah, she completes her mission, and then she gets a redemption arc with uh, Yara and Lev through uh, being hung up to die <laughs> by those fucking, uh, by the, um, uh, what are the Seraphites, right? Seraphites, That's their name? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying not to call them Scars. I'm like, ah, oh, Lev's right. Uh, but, yeah, the Seraphites uh, try to kill her, and then she meets these two kids, uh, which Yara, how old do you guys think Yara is? She, is she still a kid or is she like uh, Ellie's age or she's something? Gotta, she's definitely a younger, she's I She's got to be around their age. She looks like she could be anywhere between yeah. Yeah. Like 17 to like 22. 
Yeah. But she's definitely like they Lev tells her like she because Lev's like she's like you're really good with the bow and he's like oh I'm nothing like uh, Yara's like one of the best warriors she's like really really like she's a great hunter or whatever like she's an excellent marksman and you never get to see it because the minute we see her she's just getting her fucking arm bashed with a hammer yeah. and uh, yeah so Abby finally sees like these two people are from the opposite side of what like living in seattle i've learned to hate these people but they're just kids kids just like how i was when i was a kid when everything changed for me because it's like a weird circle of life of course where uh abby was a kid when she lost her innocence and in a way these kids are not necessarily innocent because they have like there's still the non-stop war between uh the like wolves and the seraphites and whatnot but you see like um a loss of innocence in terms of they're on their own now. Like his own, his own mom hates Lev and like Yara, I guess as well, because she left it too. The people have shunned them and they're trying to kill them. They see them as traitors. And obviously it seems like it's not, the Seraphites don't seem like a community you can leave willingly <laughs> or I guess leave on your own. It's like you leave, you die sucker. Uh, but you see that loss of like, oh, they're they're on their own. Reminds me of someone I used to know in the last game, I guess, uh, where you see Lev become this representation of Ellie, and yeah, Abby takes on the role of Joel, and through that you see their full journey of like, I need. It's not about me anymore. This for the first time in my life, it's not about me, or my dad's like someone that's dead. It's about life and the life that i can keep these kids alive and you see that happening mainly more so for lev like you want to help yara and obviously that doesn't really work out in the end but uh you see abby just trying to make things right uh, as best she can via helping this kid that she learns to learns to love in her own way as uh, like i guess i don't know if you'd say like big sister or motherly more so i'm not too sure which one you would kind of go for but pretty much in that maternal sense you get that either way and uh through it you, you see of course like her own revenge happens again and you have it happen again uh where oh all of the people i still loved are now dead except for this child i'm gonna take this child with me and go kill them all <laughs> and because uh, obviously the man she, like the second most important person to her was Owen and she sees him die and that's another kind of piece of her taken away but it's also that was the equivalent of Ellie losing Joel was her losing Owen because it was not really something from uh, just something that happened it was just another choice made uh, through her own decisions that she had taken upon her journey and you see her get to the theater kill Jesse point blank, which sucked ass. Uh, and then like pretty much like shoot Tommy and you get to Ellie and Dina and Dina defends Ellie the best she can. But of course she's not feeling well considering pregnancy and sickness and whatnot or the sickness. Well, she was not caused by pregnancy. Yeah. And she beats the shit out of both of them and is about to kill Dina. And she already saw Mel dead, which in Ellie's defense did not know Dina was uh, uh, did not she know had, like, that Mel was pregnant. Parka on ever. Yeah, if Ellie had known, honestly, I don't think she would have killed her because obviously you see Ellie's reaction of like when she saw that she was pregnant, she couldn't believe what she had done. Yeah, and you hear her go, "She's pregnant," and Abby says, "Good, like I'm gonna kill yeah. her then." And then you see Lev go, 
don't do it. And that reminds her, because right then and there, she was going straight back to point, like, basically, uh, Abby A, which is a revenge Abby, black and white killer, and Lev reminds her, redemption, remember what you were doing, really. Not in a sense of, like, you're changing, but just, it's not, it's not right, don't do it. And that's where you finally see Abby put it down. She puts down revenge and then takes living over that, where it's she's letting them live, she's going to live, and she wants the child to live. And uh, we get, we, then we, we, we move to like the Fireflies potential and then Rattlers, and uh, it ends with her basically being tied up. But that's like kind of, that's post her story, because that's like, at that point, it's more so about Ellie than it is about her anymore. Like, we've already seen her kind of ending into like the, the very very ending where you see like the island in the the game menu but i guess how do you guys feel about her redemption i guess i would say I, I you know i've talked about it with some friends outside of you guys and honestly i like them in different ways but i kind of like abby's redemption story more like more than Ellie's Ellie's revenge, re- revenge story in a way, yeah. Because maybe Naughty Dog is just really good at making stories that make you want to like characters. Because you have to, I don't know, work with another character to survive, and that makes you really attached to both of them. But you know, I I dig it. I dig what they did with her and how they really did a good job on just making you feel bad for her. Like everyone loses everything in this game. And this game, like we said earlier, is depressing and just so sad and grim. And, like, Ellie loses everything and her fingers. It's two fingers. I don't think it's three. Um, oh, thank God. And, yeah. um, like, you know, she lost her relationship. She lost her father figure. She lost her family. She lost fingers. She can't even play. She lost her ability to play guitar. And But at the price of having closure... You know, of letting Abby live, basically. And knowing that's kind of like what would make... Like, Joel changed as a person, too. Because everyone tried making this argument that Joel will kill some random guy in the street, but not some random girl in the mountains. You know, I being the guy that they were going to try to run over in the first game versus Abby in the mountains. And that's because Joel changed. And yeah, Ellie saw that she like she or at least the way i perceive it is that she felt that joel would like her to take the high road and be a better person and like i dig that i dig the ending where she after all that work she doesn't do it because she doesn't need to and these characters they might not like each other but they both learn to somehow adapt and move on because they've both lost so much and Abby's story it's just as depressing she loses her old lover that she still loved she lost her dad she lost her entire army she was part of the WLF are like pretty much disbanded and she was at the head of that and well not necessarily just we don't we don't fight well I, I think we should we should actually definitely talk about the Seraphites and yeah uh, WLF at the end uh, after uh, we talk about the characters just because it would be fun to speculate kind of what the, yeah the offshoot of what yeah for now, let's just say she lost them, <laughs> and that they're yeah, they're yeah, yeah. For, oh, easily yeah. The dead, moment Isaac so. just gets shot up by fucking Yara. yeah, so they're rebuilding at the very least. But you know, it, either way, Abby doesn't have them anymore. She doesn't have that support system of like the community, and you know, Abby, dude. By the end of the game, I saw a YouTuber say this: she lost her muscles. Like 
She lost. Oh yeah, because she's been tied she up there. She was basically she's like, like, a, like just abused as a worker and just like held captive and malnourished. And she even lost her body. She worked so hard to build to kill Joel. And you know, for Ellie, having that closure was for all that loss, just as much as Abby gaining love was for all that loss. You know, for the sake of giving Lev a better life, Abby had to lose so much. But in that process of losing everything, she met Lev. And I think her story works. I mean, it's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. The game's not a 10 out of 10, personally, but it's definitely not a 2 out of 10. <laughs> we don't have to oh, easily, We don't have yeah. to go by numbers. But, like... Yeah, for sure. You know, for me, the game's not perfect, of course, but it works. Everything makes sense, you know? It doesn't have to be these happy-go-lucky endings. Everything makes sense because it's a character-driven story. It's The plot is revenge, but the story is them coping with loss and having closure emotionally like with amongst each other. And, you know, they yeah. achieved that. And I really dig what like how everything played out in, in terms of like a consumer. As someone who played and witnessed everything, I... It was heart wrenching, and for a game that was still fun. Yeah, and it, it does a really good job of like someone would say, "Well, why do you like it? How is it fun?" If you feel all depressed after, and you're like, "Cause it made me feel yeah, like good. it's not often where a game actually makes you emotionally feel for it. Where it's just like anything, it's better to have any emotion than no emotion." Yeah, let me. Yeah, like. Oh, sorry. Well, it's like to. Like the uh, literally yesterday we were recording uh, episode fifty two or whatever and like fifty three fifty three, and I was talking about how like I played Call of Duty World War Two and I literally forgot for like a few days that I had even fucking played that game because it didn't make me feel anything. Dude. But for but for this I'm just like I'm still thinking about like well did I like it I mean I know I I enjoyed it but like. Do I like the story? I mean, it makes sense for the characters in the world, but fuck, it's depressing. But that's good, though. And so like, I'm thinking about it still. Yeah. So this is where that argument of our video games art comes into play, in my personal opinion. And I'm very big on saying yes, that they are. Oh, for sure. Oh, easily. I thought the moment we had the game Flower, it was like, we're in yeah, it. Yeah, like, <laughs> even, game, even a game like Doom Eternal, that game is still beautiful in its own way it is art you know it's a massacre of chainsaws and heavy <laughs> metal so and like a fucking limping demolished yeah. it's art <laughs> like but it's still art right it's just over the top yeah there's a lot of red colors yeah, it's it's a very artistic game in its own crazy way because i do believe all video games are artistic they're expression they're reflections of reality and kind of reactions to things and people's imaginations run wild on how to be interactive of course they're for making money but a lot of art is but yeah easily but you know there's still art in my opinions and to me in my opinions like i'm multiple people in my opinion <laughs> to me <laughs> the collective i've discussed <laughs> to me it feels like good art is supposed to make you feel something no mm -hmm. matter what it is. Again, I'm not trying to knock Call of Duty games and say they're terrible or anything, but I literally can't tell you the names of any of the characters of those games. And I've played every single one, minus Modern Warfare. <laughs> like, I don't... I, I remember Price. <laughs> and, like, Soap. And Soap. Yeah, Soap. I their names. I roach. But, like, you know, Yara was only maybe in eight hours of game, but I remember her. 
yeah. and like I don't even it feels like it was even shorter exactly it's, it's it hard be, to believe it was so eight hours it's insane it could be shorter I'm just going off like a ballpark here but you know people are going crazy bashing this game and praising it you know the critics are like perfect and all these users are spamming with negatives and like zeros which makes no sense to me because the game is definitely which many of them, which many of them I'm sure haven't even actually yeah, a good played amount. so but either way it's got people reacting and that's what art is supposed to do. It's supposed to give you a reaction. And sometimes art isn't supposed to make you feel positive things. I'm not trying to say the game is supposed to make you feel like a shitty person. But, you know, it's crazy to have this exhilaration of feeling this excitement when playing the actual game. And we can get into gameplay, right? But, like, but the story is making people talk about it. It's making people reflect on it. And, like, having people sit there and write down how they view it and no matter how you put it love it hate it kind of okay with it it achieves what it set out to do it was like Mm -hmm. you know that whole team was like we're gonna tell a story and this is how we're gonna tell a story and you know what half the gaming community is going buck wild or not half but like the playstation community is going crazy yeah and it's like when you go into of course like when you see all the people complaining and all this shit it's a definitely a vocal minority. Because yeah, you see, it's just it's just like anything else. They're like, rah, 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 rah. And then you look at the sales charts, and it's like four million copies sold, and you go, oh. Well, right. The other right. thing I was gonna say, and I'm not trying to attack any specific group of people or anything, but I read an article that was saying like all these reviews are kind of saying the game's bad, but try to find the most objective review out there that doesn't include certain phrases, and I'm not gonna name them all, but a lot of people are saying certain things like this game is just pandering or it's trying to appeal to a certain audience and because that's what everyone else is doing and other people are saying it's forcing diversity and um, amongst other things and it's like try finding an objective review that doesn't include those phrases and strictly talks about the game's story and its gameplay and not this whole idea that it's trying to pander because I don't think it is for sure and I I guess do we want to do we want to talk about kind of pandering and like having the, the hate deserve the game before we get to the side characters? Uh, well, they uh, kinda, just to kind of get that out of the way. Why people are are they hand in hand? Yeah, they kind of go in hand in hand because people are hating on the game because of certain side characters, and that is true. That, so I guess I don't know. Sorry, no, 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 sorry. It's just it's one of those things that I don't get because you know there's obviously there is pandering out there in certain forms of media, but like. People are so upset about little like I th- I think it's I think it's because a lot of people are so used to seeing kind of the same thing a lot. So when you start hearing a loud voice of "Hey, we're doing changes and things like this," and whether it's diversity or something, uh, then it gets to, it gets that weird um, paranoia of is this being put in there naturally? with the diversity or is it being artificially inserted in there to pander with diversity of like, basically it's like the whole thing of like uh, hiring for diversity versus hiring for skill. And that person happens to be diverse in that kind of sense, which I can see why some people would question that in that sense of why they would think like, Oh God, it's one of those. And they want to like, it's that whole thing. This case with this game is easily not, that where it's pandering just because if it if it was um i don't think we would care as much 
I don't think we would be emotionally as invested because it feels so natural the way they do it when you have everything from which obviously a lot of people we I, I think we did already say but like people thought Abby was the, the there was talk of I guess in the leaks before trans character all this stuff and everyone thought they look at Abby they look at her big like muscles and stuff and they go oh it's her right and you go no Abby's just a really strong woman who just built up uh it revenges a great uh ethic of <laughs> workouts uh where you instead get Lev uh, originally called Lily, who was a girl who basically transitioned to become a boy. Yeah. And uh, Lev is the trans character. And when you see Lev and you hear about Lev's story, I, uh, you don't feel... You just feel like, that makes sense. I don't quite... Like, it, it makes perfect sense to me. It doesn't... I don't question it. I don't, like, feel like Lev is artificial. I'm just like, okay... Yeah, let's go for it. I was it, just going to say, it makes sense in the context of the story so much. Like, especially, especially it's like a religious society like, crazy, like this. The Seraphites are like a crazy old, weird, old school cult that doesn't use old school weaponry, apparently. They're like, we're old school, but we don't use the old world guns or something. Yeah. They seem to think that, like, the infection was a response to the modernization of the world. So they're like, we got to go back. Yeah, so. You know, they have this strict... And it makes sense gameplay-wise. When you look at the male Seraphites, they're shaved bald. The female uh, Seraphites have their hair. And here's my thing. And let me try to word this the best way possible. Even if there wasn't the Seraphites, there's no reason to get angry at Lev as a character. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. The character is fully fleshed out to like really to a point that's easy to understand. And you're like, okay, I get it. And right. Like, I feel like I was like, yeah, okay, this makes total sense to me. You know, this person I connected, especially because sorry, I was going to say Lev at their core identified as male. And I'm like, okay, that's perfectly like it makes sense to me. <laughs> And yeah, it also made sense to me that like just in that it's not like people would stop being trans in the future apocalypse. Yeah, you know, would, those, there would still be trans people. Yeah, the, they have every right to exist still, and they're gonna exist. So it's like that makes total sense, right? Like mm-hmm. just as much as like a strong female, like physically female character could exist still too, because people were trying to say like it makes no sense that Abby's arms yeah. look like that. Yeah, and I'm like it does. Dude, did you see their gym? Yeah, they have a full. Their yeah, gym they got a, they got awesome. a dope ass gym. Yeah, it all makes sense still. And when you think of the in the context of the Seraphites, it makes even more sense why Lev was like being hunted down because Lev he went against their whole belief system and their like cultural values because he didn't agree with them. And you're like, okay. Now we know why Lev is being hunted down by the Seraphites, and like I'm, I'm totally with it. I'm digging this character. I'm digging the story. I like, they're very complex and fleshed out, and you know, very well acted and likable characters. Yeah, and I would say too, if it was a feeling of pandering or artificial insertion of like diverse things like this it would feel a lot more obvious that that was the case because it's like, uh, James, I think I just talked about it in our last episode, but I was talking about natural just progression of things versus it being the main plot of the story of like, ah, this is the reason why. And it's like, it's only about this and it's 
just like very flaunting and uh, putting it on top. So this definitely isn't that. And it's just a natural thing that isn't the direction of the story. It's just something that happens along with the story, which is actually what I was saying before. So this is a prime example of what you could do correctly uh, in that in that sense. It, yeah, and it adds more depth to the world. It makes it more believable. Like, yeah. it's just yeah. these people exist. And, like, they have every right to exist in video games or any form of media. Like... Because it's a reflection of reality, right? So mm -hmm. it makes sense to have all these different characters. I mean, the whole game has an array of diverse characters, of, you know, strong, like, not characters that are not just strong white men. <laughs> cool, but yeah, yeah, just the natural progression of... Sorry, I'll just go through it. <laughs> the natural progression of just having characters and having messaging uh not be the primary part of the story but instead going along with it it's just a part of it instead of the forefront where you're basically saying that diversity is the story and then you go well okay yeah that's pandering instead going yeah the diversity is just part of the story there's still a story as a message because if it's diversity for diversity's sake whether it's uh, someone of color or someone trans or something then it loses the message because you're not you're not making a story you're just saying hey look it's this person that's it. And you go, oh, shit, okay. Um, but what this does is it's still stories about themes of just hu being human, of doing human things, and their diversity is just a addition to it that's along with the journey, making it feel normal, just like any other human, if that makes sense. Totally. And the other thing I was going to say that James brought up earlier was the apocalypse kind of started in, like, the modern day. <laughs> like... It's roughly true. 2010s so people at that time were already being progressive within their communities and it only makes sense for people to continue to be progressive even if there is an apocalypse like well i think especially in the apocalypse because it's like you got worse shit to worry about yeah, like with like fucking fungus monsters I, coming after you than like oh my god that person's trans what? Yeah, it's like you know, like, you know, it's, it, how do I put it? It's just like, it. I'm so, maybe because we live in like the SF bubble. So we're just like, we're totally yeah. open to anyone being whoever they want. And we're like, yeah. Yeah, we were kind of raised easily because it was, everyone was already here. Yeah. You're just like, oh like, yeah, everyone, up, everyone was in my high school. I grew school. up seeing this stuff all the time. And I'm like, tight. Everyone's allowed to be who they want. I love this. And like. Pride was across the street from you every yeah, year. like everything. <laughs> it, it's just like, it. To me, it's just like, yeah, even if the apocalypse happened, people are still going to be openly out about whoever they are, about their ethnicity or, you know, their sexual preference or whatever. And, like, people act like this game was the first to do it. Like, Ellie was already confirmed to be gay in the first game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, like, Easily. I don't get, like, are they are people mad because you don't get to play as Joel, who is just, like, your big male white protagonist? Like, that's the thing that... I'm confused about, but I'm not going to try to... That is, like, a lot of the complaints I've been yeah. hearing. It's like, yeah, I wanted to like play there's... as Joel. He's my favorite. Yeah, and it's just like... Yeah. The game still plays awesome, and the characters are still fucking awesome. Like, there, I, I, I think the only character I was upset with by the end of the game was Dina, and that's because she left Ellie. <laughs> that was, like, the reason why. Mm -hmm. Like, I get why she left, but I was like, man, I wanted them to be together. Because they seem yeah. to have been there for each other. 
And it's just like, I don't know, like, all the characters were great. And they all feel, like, fleshed out and just very, you know, diverse and, like, all mix well. That's just, like, as a whole, as a mesh pod of the whole game, everybody just mixed very well. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I think And before oh, sorry, we get onto the side characters, I don't think I ever got to my, like, opinion of, like, Abby's story in general. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no worries. It's good conversation, honestly. But it's just like, at a certain point in the game, I started feeling like this was more of Abby's story than Ellie's story. Because the whole crux of it was like, Joel killed her father. If he hadn't done that, like if he had left that one doctor alive, like would any of this have happened? That's true. This game wouldn't exist. So it felt like they were trying to tell Abby's story, and like I, that's why I kind of loved that it like got to a point where she had Lev with her to stay her hand at like killing Abby and killing uh, Ellie, not Abby, sorry, Dina, killing Dina and killing Ellie. She's just like, I just never want to see you again, and I'm, I'll just, I'll leave you alone. We're gonna go our separate ways. I just want to move on. And then it's, it's good like, thing she saw her again, otherwise she'd be dead. I know, right? And it's like tragic what happened to her in Santa Barbara. Like when you get to the pillars, I was just like, oh, fuck. That doesn't even these look like her. Don't like, yeah, these yeah, dudes I, don't fucking I, play I around. I thought there was a girl with a ponytail, and I kept yeah. trying to. I'm like, why isn't she moving? Oh shit, she's dead. And then I was like, she's a lot smaller. And then I looked over, and I was like, oh, no, wrong they person. <laughs> they definitely did that on purpose. They wanted you to fake uh, fake you out that like the the obvious ponytail was like not actually her, but. Yeah. I don't know. I just I want to commend Naughty Dog for somehow making me hate a character so much and then putting me in control of her and I was like I don't want to do this. I don't I don't want to be the person that killed one of my like favorite characters or whatever, but whatever, I'll stick with it. We'll see where this goes. And like literally by the end of her story, I mean besides the fact that like certain things feel meaningless towards the end, like you go through so much effort to save Yara and then Lev just like randomly decide well not randomly it makes sense for the character but Lev decides like oh I'm gonna go try to see if mom's okay and like maybe if she'll come with us and you know that doesn't come to anything and then like Yara dies too so it, at the end, I was like, "Well, what that what is in was the point of doing all of this stuff, except for to get closer and closer with Lev, which I did enjoy in the end." But like, it was interesting that again they started me off hating her so much, but by the end, when in the confrontation between Ellie and and Abby, when A- Ellie was like drowning her like under the water, I was literally going like, "I don't." want this to happen exactly i don't want this to happen this i like both of these characters like they're both flawed but they're also both not terrible people i guess it's just like there's i like them both i don't want either of them to die and i i find that fascinating that they were able to make me do like a complete 180 on like hating abby and then going like well she's not really that bad she made she had one truly horrific act that she did in her life but does that mean that she's just forever a a terrible person i don't think so well she also apparently killed a shit ton of that's also true it's it's hard to say that she's like had one one bad act when she's literally like the most scar killingest scar killer that the wolves have 
Yeah. And I, I will say, too, of course, like, regarding everyone and the decisions that they make, it, it just, it, it all, all this, the main thing this game does, whether it's Joel's decision to save Ellie, or Abby's decision to kill Joel, or Ellie's decision to hunt down Abby, is, it's just a bunch of people being incredibly human, with mm-hmm. human instincts. Like, that's what it really comes down to at the very, like, base feeling of it all it's just people doing human things it's what humans do is just go off of emotions and do things like that it, it just makes complete sense in that way i feel like but yeah um i guess to to the point of the side characters i guess we were already on lev uh but just to kind of finish off lev uh in terms of uh, since we've already kind of gone through the trans stuff but the uh, rel- the rel- uh, I guess the relation to Ellie, uh, where Lev is that new character of, in a way, innocence, where when you listen to how the Seraphites raised him, but also you think back in the first game, remember Ellie with ice cream, where she's like, why the hell would people want ice cream? Like, what? Why? how, how would that even work? Yeah. It's like, oh, you freeze it and all this other stuff. And she doesn't understand a lot of the stuff from the old world. And then... You have Abby talking to Lev, and because Lev hasn't really seen modern, uh, the modern survival of the world besides the Seraphites, the Seraphites have gone old, old, old. Uh, he's like, "What's fuck?" and "What's yeah. all this other stuff?" What does fuck said, mean? What do you fuck? Like Abby introduced her to like saying "cool," and like later on, yeah. Lev's like that's chill, and, like. You mean cool. What? <laughs> I just thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, and it's Abby's teaching this kid as as they go. And you're just finding out, like, oh, yeah, this is... It's it's very much a mirror of the first game and a very much a mirror of that type of character. Just obviously without the... You're the cure for anything. Uh, but just the innocence of Lev, even though, obviously, you can tell he just fucking could take someone out with a bow pretty easily. But, he does. That's, like, the first uh, thing you see. He really does. You're just like, oh, shit. Um... But they're so used to that, more so than used to seeing stuff outside of the, the world. So in a sense, even though you're straight up murking people, you're still in a way innocent because that's all you've known. Uh, so it's like Lev loses that innocence of once he leaves his people and just sees all this new stuff. And it was honestly really, it was a very, um, listening to their banter was probably... Uh, one of the most enjoyable things, as well as, holy shit, guys, uh, we didn't even talk about it, but the, how human they make Abby feel with the fucking heights. Oh, yeah, I love that. Holy yeah. shit. They actually make okay. her afraid of heights, and, like, anytime you go over to a ledge, she, like, the, the camera stretches out, breathing. and, like, it she shakes. starts to, like, shake and, and, like, hyperventilate. I've never yeah. seen that before, I don't think, and it's interesting. And I... I'm not going to say I'm completely afraid of heights, but when you fucking look down at the Empire State Building, that shit's fucking scary. And uh, when she's going across the bridges and she looks down and I look down, I kid you not, I went, oh shit. Within three seconds after, she went, oh shit. And I was like, I get you. I understand you. I feel for you. Oh my God. That was so good. So fucking good. I love that Sky Bridges segment. That yeah, was awesome. that was a great part, and I think, I think it's really cool how they kind of augment the gameplay in the sense where the camera gets a little wonky when she's doing the mm-hmm. whole like 
looking down thing. And that's from the very beginning when you first play as her. Like, she is clearly afraid of heights. And it's pretty cool. It's kind of like that idea of how, like, Ellie was scared to swim in the first game. Because <laughs> she didn't know how to swim. And you see Jolar push her in yeah. the water <laughs> in the flashback. So, <laughs> it's kind of cool that, like, you know, these characters have these little things that tell us about them. Yeah. Speaking um, of that flashback real quick, I fucking... That's, like, oh, yeah. probably my favorite part of that entire oh, game. Oh, the museum? Just, dude, the, the sure. moment where she's, like, guessing all so many different things. And, like, the first thing she guesses just, like, is a fucking joke. Is like, is it a dinosaur? And he's like, uh, like, well, don't... Just stop guessing. And then, like, you get to the clearing, and it is a dinosaur. And, I like, in my head, I was like, holy shit, it is a dinosaur. And then Ellie's like, holy shit, Joel, it is a fucking dinosaur. Yeah. I was like... That was fucking great. I loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, my God. I, I can't even imagine someone just, like, I never thought about it. I was like, oh, fuck, a museum in modern day? And I'm like, damn, it would have been awesome. if the, It's like post-world, and you go to the Academy of Sciences, but mm-hmm. it's if it was the old Academy of Sciences, that would have been awesome. If it's the new one, I've been like, what the fuck is this? And it's just, it, everything matches the rainforest now, and I don't really... <laughs> I don't really know what the difference is at this point. The butterflies have multiplied. Um, but, yeah, just, oh, God, the the astronaut takeoff. Yeah. And you get that you get that small sense of fear when you go into that other area because you see all the writing on the wall, and you're just like, oh, God, it's some yeah. fucking murder rapist. It's going to suck ass. I'm afraid. And then it's like, no, nah, it's just a pig, and that dude's, a, that dude's been dead forever now. And you're just like, oh, okay, cool. There's like a firefly saying like, I did so many awful things for this cause. And then they just like left. Yeah. I mean, they show their body at at a certain point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it was just, it was just a big old, big old fucking boar. I always forget there's boars in the U.S. I'm like, what the hell? This Uh, game takes place in areas (laughs) that we don't usually come across when living here. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, that was fantastic. Um, but I'd say, uh, back to the side characters, uh, Yara, not much to say, but, like, because obviously she was more so a kind of piece of Lev in terms of story. Well, I mean, uh, but, Lev's sister. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you see her kind of, ex- she does a, she's there to kind of explain Lev's history and explain, like, the the mother and like the reasoning of why love does what love does and she also see like oh shit this sucks for her because she was apparently yeah an expert marksman she probably could have like taken out a lot of these dudes and helped you through a lot of the path like she probably wouldn't have died if she hadn't lost her arm and seeing like her go through all of it and it's also crazy too because you go through all of that to help save her to then have her die, like, what, two hours later, I want to say, or three yeah. hours later? Yeah, like I that. mean, the game kind of does this thing where life just kind of, in an apocalyptic world, life just happens, and you can't control yep. it. <laughs> it's a, it's a, an amplification, I would say, uh, specifically of, um, what was it, Uncharted 2 Among Thieves? Jeff the camera guy? Yeah. When he gets died. shot, and you're, like, helping him through that uh, entire yeah. area, and Lazarovich is just like, he's dead. And you're like, what the fuck? You killed Jeff. I saved that dude. Yeah, so it definitely does. I, I bet I bet you anything they were thinking that when they made that. They're like, hey, guys, remember Jeff? And they're like, remember Jeff? And then they made Yara. But, you know, I uh, think now that I think about it, I probably wouldn't have cared so much about Yara's death or been so shocked about it had you not spent so much time and effort to save her. 
I know. Then I guess that makes it se- be like, yeah. And you're just like, so I guess my initial reaction was like, well, then what was the point of doing all that? It was like, well, so that it would matter. Like yeah. you tried to save her and it still doesn't matter. That's the point. To which, um, I guess next, uh, just to finish off the fireflies, I guess first, um, Owen, because I, I don't, do you guys really have anything to say about the other I mean, fireflies besides they, Owen? They are believable characters. I mean, you got Manny and Mel and Danny, all these names uh, for some reason, but, <laughs> and Nora, I think Nora, Nora. Yeah. and yeah. like, Nora got, got pretty good kinda, though. <laughs> it's like, they're a little one dimensional. <laughs> There's like Joel deserved it. And I'm pretty sure they are more than that, but the characters that, you really cared about, or at least that they fleshed out fully, were like Owen and like a little of Mel. Yeah. But Owen's like probably like just as important as Abby's, or she's like just as important to Abby's story. So yeah. you kind of feel bad because he's obviously traumatized by Joel's death, like witnessing the way it went down. And you can kind of see that he never wanted to be part of any of that from the beginning. He just wanted to go live in the aquarium and run away and just kind of have a life. I just want to live with the fish, yeah, bro. Yeah, like, he just wanted yeah. to live, but he just didn't really have a choice. Yeah. And he, you could tell, too, because he, in a way, he is like Dina and Jesse and stuff, where he basically goes with Abby and does everything he does out of love, not out exactly. of hate. And seeing it all happen, you're just like, oh, shit. Because then, yeah, the rest of the Fireflies... They're all pretty much like even Manny. Like I never liked Manny because specifically because he spits on Joel. Honestly, because um, it was like he's already dead. Like you guys have done it. He's just like hey, and you're just like God damn it. And uh, you're like okay, he seems okay when like he's talking about all these girls and he uh, talks about was it fucking Princess Mononoke? I think he's like yeah, I watched Princess Mononoke. <laughs> And uh, you're like, oh, this dude digs anime. And then you you see him get shot in the fucking head. And you're like, this dude's dead. And I'm just like, well, that's one less to deal with, I guess, when I go back to Ellie. <laughs> that was my mindset. I was like, oh, fuck. Man. It's really just Owen for the most part. Because also, like, Nora. You see Nora, and she's like, what did she say? She was, like, not even trying to be, like... Subtle about it. I'm s- Or sorry or anything. She's just like... I'm glad the way he died, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, well, now you're going to die from this infection, so fuck yeah, off. I, and, nah, Ellie's going to beat her with a fucking pipe. Apparently. Yeah, really. The only characters, I think, like, each main character had, like, a secondary that accompanied them. But, like, in terms of love interest, it was, like, Dina to Ellie as much as Owen to Abby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you do, like, I will say, just that he, in terms of just, like, side characters of, like, Jesse versus the Fireflies. Jesse, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you do care about Jesse more than the Fireflies. Mm-hmm. Especially because the minute you see Jesse appear, and because you think Tommy catches Ellie. But it's Jesse. When she... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and you're just like, Jesse, and you're like, oh, Jesse! <laughs> Jesse! <laughs> yeah, I love that scene where you're getting away in the car, and it's, like, fucking legit, like, stressful. Oh, God, incredibly stressful. Like, how am I going to get it? Go, 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 go. But, yeah, no, Je- oh, my God, Jesse was great. And the the only crime of Jesse was we didn't get more of him, mm-hmm. I think. Because I honestly wanted more. I wanted more of him. I wanted to learn more about Jesse. Yeah, like like I said earlier, he dies literally as soon as I was like, you know, I'm starting to really like Jesse. He's a pretty cool new character. And then, blam, he's gone. <laughs> I was like, no. 
They even uh, they even talk about Comic Con yeah, together. They go He's to like, hey, look, it's that nerdy shit you like. Yeah, and it is. Oh god, that was god, just. It's so sad. Ellie doesn't get to live in a world where she could go to Comic Con because she would love it. And it's that's the. I think that's the biggest crime of this entire thing is Ellie never gets to go to Comic Con personally. Brandon, you can attest to that after we finally got to this. Uh, after we went to being San Diego, a, that was being like, a comic fan and not being able to experience Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I guess, did we have anything else besides, really, I think the only one we haven't covered is Dina. Because we, we really did cover Tommy already. Pretty Dina, much, yeah. You know, Dina's character is great. Like, she's well acted. She makes sense. She's likable. I was digging everything about her, and then she just left Ellie, and I'm like, well. I <laughs> I know we were talking about that after you finished. Um, did, did at least playing it through more times change your perspective you on notice that things you know she kind of has her own plans and you can kind of see her like feelings for jesse when helping him and all that kind of emerge so you don't miss too much especially since he's like the father too yeah and like you kind of know what's coming so you try to look for these hints and i don't know like you don't see too much of like hints of her leaving, but you definitely see she has other plans in mind. <clears throat> so, I don't know. I, I I get why she left Ellie. I just really wish she didn't because she could have just. I don't know. At least, maybe give it one more chance. You know, typically in a relationship, you work really hard, right? Yeah. To make it work. I, I'm hoping that like maybe. Dina, like, I'm pretty sure you're right. She probably just went back to Jackson because, you know, she couldn't Jesse, support a farm on her own. Yeah, she like, couldn't she, support a farm on her own. She physically couldn't. That's too much work. That's so, too much for a single mother. So at least she, like, packed up all of Ellie's stuff and, like, stored it in one room so Ellie could come back and get it. I'm, I can hope that maybe that's where Ellie went is, like, she just went back to Jackson to try to find Dina and patch things up and, like, but it seems more tonally that it's just Dina just is done with Ellie. Like, she gave her the option to just, like, stay with her and try to forget about, like, revenge. And Ellie chose revenge over her. So I, I kind of get it. But it's still sad. And it's also Dina is still a person, too. And you forget, like, yeah. it's also a thing of, like, she watched the father of her unborn child be killed in front of her. Or not in front of her but she saw like she sees him dead to, and she went oh i was huh? gonna say she also has to look out for a baby mm-hmm. yeah that, yeah that's it. and so you understand why she does what she does as well of course too like like i said she can't she it's easier to live with the people around you that love you than live alone with like kind of nothing at that point with just the baby and that proved to be too difficult but i would also say too like i'm um, talking about like what happens after, I think, is something we should save to the very end. Uh, but we'll, yeah, we'll get back to that at some point. Um, I will like, I would like to say, of course, though, she was definitely an f- incredibly fun character. I very much like, I was like, in the beginning, I was like, I totally ship this when mm-hmm. we were just going through downtown, uh, just listening to them talk about everything, and especially to, um, I, I, it was a personal enjoyment because I realized no games and even f- to a certain extent, a lot of movies don't really have ever really covered it where uh, they go into the synagogue. Yeah, that was an interesting And scene. I was like, no one ever does this. 
This is so no, nice. And I on, like Jewish anything in games. Yeah, so I was just like whole cuz I mean for the most part honestly with anything if there is anything relating to religion it's just solely and only usually ever Christianity. Very much so ever. And so for the first time seeing this I was just like holy shit this is great and then she's even explaining everything too about like uh apples for like rosh hashanah and stuff like that i was just like yo this is fantastic um i i just i really like that and of course of course the mentioning of like you know i come from a long line of survivors and it's just like truth uh which i think when she was talking about that right then and there i was like i swear if if dina dies that is where i write i'm gonna be so pissed off they kill off they kill off the jewish girl until you dare kill off the jewish girl <laughs> uh, but it was it was very relatable to the point too where they even were like um oh are you religious she's like not too much but like you know i still pray and it's like oh when do you pray and it's like usually times of trouble and like it's just when i feel like there's that time to turn to and i was just like oh fuck it's talk she's talking about me <laughs> And it, it it honestly felt, at least in terms of this game, I felt very specifically relatable to uh, Dina a lot. Like, I related to her in sense of that, but also in just the style of the way she thought and things like that. Where she was very she was very ridiculous and stuff, but I, I was... I, I appreciated that a lot in terms of her character. Yeah, like, like I said, she's still likable. I just really wish she didn't just uh, leave. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, but I think we've gotten through the vast majority. I think the last two things in, regarding story and plot, really, and characters is just... Um, how did you guys feel about the music? Just oh. in terms of the emotion of the music, how it affected everything. I thought it was yeah, great. Yeah, like, hands down. Like, say what you will about Naughty Dog. They may not be a perfect studio, because I, I have my feelings towards Uncharted. I love Uncharted 2. Uncharted you? 2 is the peak for me. Uncharted 2 is my yeah, favorite one, but uh, also it's like definitely my one of my top franchises. Gameplay-wise, it makes sense why 4 is the best because they've had time to flesh up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I don't. I think 1 is okay and like 3 is overrated. It's still good, but not as good. Like It was just a little overrated in my opinion. And, you know, I, lo- I love Crash Bandicoot and all that, but their music for the... Like, their approach to this game was all out, and I love the music to Last of Us and the combat music with the subtle like little drum and horn that plays like yeah. throughout. Like, oh my god, I had this game blasting like full blast as loud as possible when I played it. Oh yeah, because you got the speaker. I, I had my headphones on through the whole thing. Oh, I was just like, oh, dude, I had a, I had my because I uh I have a sound bar and it supports five point one. So I changed the settings to, you know, for 5.1, and that's usually good enough. 7.1 is typically better, but only if they're, like, made well, right? So I had it, like, pretty loud, (laughs) and (laughs) it was awesome. I think everything from music to sound, it was great. And, I mean, we can go into details if you want, but basically I loved it. (laughs) For sure. I I would briefly just say um, the two things that stuck out to me. For sure, of course, one was, like... uh, Ellie playing Take Me uh, Take On Me uh, at the music shop. That, Like I said, that was the second time I cried in this game. I think the game honestly made me cry three times. The first of which was uh, uh, Ellie in Joel's house uh, smelling his jacket because mm-hmm. I the, the realness of that just fucking destroyed me. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, this part and then the third part was probably the ending 
flashback with Joel was probably the last one. Uh, but yeah, that was that song. And then the specific song I actually played multiple times afterwards. I think it was just a weird melancholy. It feels good, but also feels terrible. It was, it just, it, it makes you feel either way, uh, was the song called longing, which is like that. Um, if you guys look it up later on, uh, it's on Spotify, but it's the one where it's just, uh, it's, I guess it's like Ellie and Joel's house and stuff like that. But it's just the, that sad guitar. It's just the very subtle guitar playing. Um, definitely take a look at it later if you guys can. Mm. But it was definitely that. Uh, do you guys have anything else to say about the music? Uh, I, I guess I could knock out the sound real fast right now um, if we want to do that. I mean, the music works well within the world. That's the best way I could put it without going too deep into it. That it, I was digging it and it works it's the kind of music that you don't hear it because you're so engrossed in the game but because of the music yeah. you don't realize it's so good you don't realize it has you engrossed if that makes sense it's like the music is mostly there just to set the tone and there's just a lot of sad guitar notes and it just it really accentuates the like the true sorrow of this game really yeah it really does and uh, going into the sound, I guess, now, really fast, just to run through that. The detail, holy shit, guys. If you had, like, a, yeah, if you had the 5.1 or your headphones on and stuff, the amount of fucking detail, which, whichever direction you turn from, like, the surround or 3D audio to the just brush of leaves, the difference in the footing, uh, depending on your situation, of course, also when you got out of a fucking puddle, uh, to, of course, the sound of the enemies, which I feel like that we'll talk about that with the enemies, but... Dude, Damn! I, holy I think, shit! I think my favorite sound effect in the game—I maybe not exactly—but like one of the most interesting sound effects that they do in the game is the Seraphite whistles. Yeah. Because oh like, god, the first yes. moment where like I knocked out, like I uh, I killed someone, and then another Seraphite came across the body, and they do an alert whistle. And then, like, down the street, I could hear another whistle call back. And I'm like, holy shit, they're, like, actually communicating in whistles and shit. I thought that was, like, fascinating how cool that came yeah, out. On on oh, yeah, on top of that, they uh, you get to learn the whistles, uh, may I point out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You, uh, I remember when I took one out, they do that thing where they whistle really loud. And you can kind of hear... The different whistles on repeat because you know they do them they do them for different events right mm -hmm. so like i was like oh i recognize that whistle that's when they're announcing a dead body and stuff like that so it's a language you learn basically through gameplay mm -hmm. yeah they, they also have like the call out whistles so there there's the big whistle for announcing the dead body there's the whistle of i see you there's the whistle of or like basically we have the enemy here i guess uh, th there's the check-in whistles. So when they're patrolling, they do a check-in of like, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And if you notice when you kill someone, if they, I, I noticed strategically, I would wait for them to whistle and then I'd kill them after because if you did it before they whistled, then they would start looking more for that person you just killed because then they're like, hey, that, that person didn't check in, which was the same with the wolves, but uh, the wolves, you know, they're physically talk, they're more talking straightforward. Like, like and shit. Yeah. And, and they're just like, hey, hello, you okay? Uh, whereas the whistles, you're just like, oh, fuck it. And I really did love the the aspect of the sound and everything else there where they use the sound as like a alert system. 
and you had to time it correctly because if you if you did it before then you're heightening the alert sense of these enemies whereas like i said if you do it before or you do it after then it buys you that much more time to either get out of there or continue on to the next enemy before they're more aware which was just amazing which i will i will easily say guys this is probably without a doubt the best sounding game i've ever played it's up there i mean it's not uh i would just say in terms not in terms of like creation and like uh in like you know uh, cool effects of like uh you know uh types of unique sounds but in terms of just implementation of the sound in the environment around you the use of enemies and just everything else in that aspect i i I totally agree with you i was just saying i don't think it's the only one that's the best in sound Oh, no, no, not the only one. It's just so far, like, it just kind of, it raises the yeah, bar immensely. Where I'm just like, holy, oh, it's fucking insane. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, like, I love it. Every single weapon in the game has, like, a punch to it. Yeah. It sounds good. Sorry, guys, uh, we just had a quick break there. Uh, so continuing on, the uh, last thing involving kind of, like, story, plot, whatnot. Uh, the lore delivery in the world via really, like, letters and collectibles. Like, well, basically all letters for the most part. Uh, I honestly thought, because usually I, I just talked about like Bioshock having preferable collectibles of having audio logs that don't stop you from doing what you're doing. Just kind of keep on moving and playing the game while it kind of informs you of stuff so it doesn't uh, hinder your experience whatsoever. Uh, with Last of Us Part 2, of course, it's a little bit different. We have all these letters you can read. And in certain areas, yeah, it's a little bit different. Because there could be enemies about, but uh, just in terms of all the stories the letters tell, uh, I personally thought they were pretty good. Just because uh, they give you a lot of backstory to specifically the Seraphites, to more so, of course, to the uh, wolves and the history of Seattle in terms of what happened in the beginning to the kind of like the civil war between, I guess, like the the federal or like you know, I forget what they were called. Do you remember what they were called? Those uh, police or whatever? Uh, Fedra? Fedra. Fedra. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that the, actually the makes a lot of Fedra sense. Gate. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's right. That's a good reminder. Yeah, so between, like, the Fedra and the wolves, and then eventually, like, you see the wolves take over, and then you see in, from the notes, oh, they become Fedra, basically. <laughs> and uh, just, like, that whole process of just a uh, kind of... Oh, not necessarily the same as the revenge, but in a way of just like it's a circle that keeps on moving in a way, one way or another. And then now uh, you also have the Seraphites and now there's that new civil war. But you really learn about either survivors. Uh, there's like the, the, the ship you go on that's uh, filled with the infected. And you find out that story where they were originally coming from. Oh, um, uh, yeah. They were coming from, weren't they getting, they were from L.A. or something and they were going up to Canada, I think. Something like that, like running away. Yeah, and they were heading to Vancouver, and they were just stopping in Seattle, but uh, shit had happened on the ship or something, and they like basically got screwed over. Their uh, the captain and like that woman killed each other, because uh, of they just I guess didn't think things through honestly. But uh, yeah, you see it, kind of this whole thing unfold through all these different collectibles, and some I think were from the same people too. Uh, you would kind of see like small little journeys. Uh, throughout the game uh, with small characters and then you'd come to their final uh, log usually would either be like oh they left or oh here's their body 
And yeah. I thought that was pretty I th- awesome. I think the most interesting one for me was back in Seattle. There was like some guy who like the wolves killed his son or something like that. And he was like a former archery like champion. And he yeah. just like, went on a one man army, like, uh, like war against the wolves, just like killing as many as he could. And it like ended with him trapping a bunch in like a room full of spores and like, you find that room later, like, or at least you can. And I, like when I found that room initially, I was like, Oh, why are there like so many fucking people here? And then I found his letter, I think later where it was like, yeah, I trapped them all in there. I did that because they deserved to suffer. That was but, like, uh, yeah, that was when you're playing as Ellie, right? Yeah. yeah. Was, I think and it was like, in the downtown area, right? Uh, no, it or was no, no, no. It was uh, afterwards before Jesse. Yeah. It, it was, was in between you get the second gun holster. Yeah, so and, I think it was between Dina and Jesse before you find Jesse. And you get your bow from him because you. Eventually, oh, that guy, yeah. You. Uh, and you see the I trophy. Was one, yeah, I was I actually think, wondering, right? like, oh, like, do I? I wonder if I ever meet this guy or whatever. Like, is he still waging his war? And then, like, no, he got bit by one of the people that he infected, and so he got infected and turned into like a stalker or whatever. And like, literally, the bow was like crusted onto his back with like a bunch of fungus and shit. Yeah, like, I thought it was interesting right. that like that you have like a little mini boss fight with him, and I thought it was cool that they actually give like a bit of backstory to like where this one particular infected came from, and, like why he had a bow. You're basically fighting Rambo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, that, that was, was uh, that was Rambo. really cool. Yeah, Brandon, did you have any specific uh, collectible lore that kind of uh, stood out to you in terms of story? Uh, I mean. To be honest, I would I didn't read every single artifact <laughs> because there's a lot. There is. I mean, I read a good amount, and I would read them because the thing was I was playing this game in between because I'm still working, right? Like, fr- not at home. <laughs> yeah, for those so, that don't know, Brandon is one of our essential people out in the front lines of uh, Trader Joe's. Yes, you know, I'm out there wearing uh, hibiscus. Uh, hibiscus, hibiscus flowers and <laughs> hibiscus. all working. Uh, biscuits and hibiscus. No, I'm yeah, I'm out there still working normal shift hours, not at home. So, I've been playing this game at wonky hours before work, after work, my days off, kind of thing, like any other game. So, you know, two in the morning, I'm like, yeah, artifacts, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't really need to read this right now. <laughs> so nonsense. <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I read a few, a good amount. And they're pretty cool because it's more of showing you that this world was lived in or had people living in it and surviving in it. So yeah, uh, when I did collect the artifacts when doing my like run through of completing it, I definitely read a few, but I, there were some I probably skimmed over. Um, but I did my best to read most of them. I don't know. Did you guys read all the ones you picked up? Yeah, I yeah. did. It took me a while, but yeah, I, I went through. In the beginning, I didn't, and then I started just kind of catching up on it all. Yeah, so uh, it was easier for Abby because all you did was collect quarters. So I was yeah. like, "Oh, this is much so easier." I don't, and like Ellie has that downtown area that has the most collectibles. Yes, I apparently so, I thought I got everything, and then they're like, "No, you missed shit." And I was like, "How?" Yeah. I thought so I went I, everywhere. My first playthrough, I read them, and then when I was completing it, I I would read some, but there uh, the ones I do remember the most were the ones of like uh, people complaining about how life is now. Uh, the one I thought was cool was the apartment building where you have the neighbors communicating with each other. Oh, yeah. And they're yeah. like, yeah, yeah. 
And I read them because the collectibles told you how to unlock the saves, right? That is true. Yeah, yeah. some of them did have. So the I read a lot of those, of course, uh, because I made sure not to look up any hint to how to solve any of the puzzles or how to unlock a safe. That was like the thing I was like very adamant on. Oh yeah, I never did. Also, because I was yeah. afraid of spoilers. They weren't that well. hard either, but. You know, like I said, my second time through completing it, I definitely was like, all right, pick up, read, kind of, and then move on. Because <laughs> there's a lot. There's almost 300 collectibles in that game. That's a lot Yeah, it's read. pretty insane. Because the trading cards have details, and... Those yeah. I kind of skimmed over. I didn't really look at... I looked I at skimmed the picture a for a those. second, and not, I didn't really care. I wish there was a gallery to, like, read all this stuff, but you kind of can't. Yeah. So, maybe in an update they'll fix that. But, I've again, I read 80% or so, and I just... I, the ones I remember were the ones where people are like complaining about how life is, or like the wolves are a lie kind of thing, and like even some people. I think some of the Seraphite ones had them like uh, leave. Yeah, some wrong. Yeah, some of the Seraphite ones were talking about how they wouldn't agree with the Seraphites, and then that people would leave them as well. So I thought that was cool because you need that stuff to help make the world more alive. Yeah, and it, it tells you a lot that you didn't expect before. And honestly, I thought they did a good job of it. Uh, just because it made me understand a lot more of everything going on around me. And I, I do always like the fleshing out of a world, especially in that area. Yeah, so I know I sound like I didn't read any, but I did. It's just, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's also my, a personal issue. I just play so many video games and read so many random things that I don't cram everything all at once all the yeah, time. Yeah, the influx of just information on stuff, for sure. Yeah. And so... I, I was real fast, did you guys get the Strange Relic? I did. Yes. Yeah. I got both. And I got Nate's ring. I yeah. I found it na- I, when I naturally found Nate's ring. I was so I saw the ring and I was like, is oh, yeah. that I told you about what the I egg, right? Yeah, I didn't get it yet though. It's is it's uh I'll have to do it on my second playthrough. That's what I'm not sure if I'm going to yeah. do um You get the Jack and Daxter egg thing. Um Which is in every game pretty much. It's in every uncharted game as a collectible as well. Yeah. So you get that in Avi's story, which is kind of cool, because, you know, you love when they do a little callback to their old games. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. These ones I think we could probably get through a little bit faster, but uh, how'd you guys feel about the controls? I thought they were they worked really well. Uh, they were pretty fluid with me. I caught on to them pretty quickly. I had no complaints. So I had just played the first game right before this game came out just to like refresh myself on the controls and the and i guess the main points of the story uh and it was cool that it was like almost the exact same control scheme just like a little bit better because they added like a dodge to ellie so like melee combat was a little bit easier to do uh my only complaint is that when you're in like the heat of battle and you want to change weapons like super fast like that's really clunky controls like there was like it was, it was fine in the very beginning when it was like press like r1 or whatever to like switch between your weapons really quick and that's fine when you only have two holsters but Maybe later four. on when you've got like four is <laughs> just like well that's it's just cycling through your things one at a time like wasn't it you uh you have the option like then they give you the uh don't they give you the option though of like doing the directional pad like left and right to choose specific uh yeah but even that those. like for whatever reason the fa- the i kept occasionally maybe it was just because i was like getting flustered but i'd be like trying to select one specific weapon but i'm like oh no i, I need to hit that direction two times oh well I, apparently i had already hit it like one time and i'm already back to the other weapon like i don't know like some it didn't happen often but every once in a while switching weapons on the fly was a little bit clunky 
but overall I thought it was fine. Gotcha. I don't think I had the same experience mainly because I was too afraid to do it. So I would be, whenever I saw I was coming up in a conflict, I would just kind of pre, uh, pre switch everything up to what I needed before I would jump in. Cause I was like, all right, whatever I got now, this is what I'm using fucking going in. Uh, it was only, it was very rare. I think only when I was fighting the higher tier infected, uh, cause then I was like, okay, I need to specifically go for damage here. And this is like probably the most useful thing, uh, is when I would change it up a bit. What you, Brandon? Well, I'm just going to talk about gameplay. I'm just going to kind of put it all, my experience all in one go right oh, now. Oh, for sure. But let me just open with, I love all video game consoles and PC. But oh, I know where you're I, going with this. <laughs> I hate the PlayStation controller for shooters. Really? Because no one, not many people have this problem, but I do. I have freakishly large hands. It's true. The, it's, it's basically true. the Xbox Duke <laughs> controller, the old original one. It's made for him. Like yes, those are like, I have really big hands, and that's not like an overstatement. I don't have the biggest hands, but I guarantee you, James, that I have the biggest hands out of anyone I've met out of my friends group. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So. The PlayStation controller, the way it's set up, it's not a bad controller. It's worked since day one. That's why it's pretty much looked the same. For shooters, I hate the way the analog sticks work because my thumbs mm. clash. Uh, okay. And it's just uh, like even the Switch, and I love Nintendo. Like I am Nintendo fanboy all the way, but I hate playing the Switch handheld mode for more than an hour because my hands cramp because how tiny everything is. Mm. Um, because I just, it's hard. It's really hard with how small some controllers can be for me. So when I play shooters, like I play my PlayStation just for exclusives. And when I play the shooters, it gets a little rough. I hate L2 and R2 for triggers. I don't like how they feel. Uh, and that's not against PlayStation. It's just a personal preference. It's just I don't like how they feel. So I always have to swap the uh, when I play Last of Us, L1 is aim for me and R2, R1 is shoot and reload. While L2 is sprint and dodge and R2 is uh, uh, listening mode or whatever. But once I did that switch, and once I kind of adapted back to getting past my bias for the controller for shooting games, I love the game gameplay-wise. Like, I love stealth games, 100%. And to me, when it comes to pure gameplay, the pinnacle in terms of, like, shooting and stealth and combat is MGS5. Mm -hmm. uh, that game is, to me, one of the... not Again, not the best, because there's no the best, but one of the best when it comes to... Just go on the side of the horse, they'll never see you ever again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, like, that game is, like, in terms of open-endedness and, like, the way it plays, like, that's, like, mm, perfect, you know? Yeah. Uh, Last of Us gave me that same feel. When you take in consideration the survival aspect, not necessarily the open world of, like, but, like, the survival aspect of the way combat works and the way the game feels and plays, and just how Ellie controls and Abby, like, the dodge, I love the prone ability, and... It all works nicely, and it's very tight still. Even though the weapon sway is a little bit much, but considering they're not like expert combat veterans, they're just kind of survivors. Also, Ellie's really small too. Like, yeah, Ellie, she's like the fucking big ass gun. You're just like, Ugh. yeah. So it makes sense to me, and I love how tight the gameplay feels still because it seamlessly goes from like running to crawling to. I yeah. love games that allow me to prone and aim from any angle. Like, yeah, that was super cool. I love that I, she I could be on her back sort of prone. Yeah, and like, 
that feeling I did of that so many times, like and being able to go from prone crawling forward to walk like crawling backwards on your back and still aiming is amazing. And again, yeah. the stealth isn't like perfect. The AI isn't the smartest AI ever, but they're pretty smart on Survivor Plus. Like, I feel like a lot of people are bashing this game's gameplay because they like to bring up the AI and all that. Let me tell you, I played on hard the first game, the first run through. And I know we're going to talk like fighting enemies versus infected. But yeah. on hard, things were a good challenge. I like to play most games on like a harder difficulty, if not the hardest, minus the select few. And I had a fun time still. Now, Survivor Plus, those enemies are ruthless. Like, they kill you in like three, four shots, and infected do a lot of damage per hit, and they are smart. And let me say, like, it took a lot of trial and error just figuring out like how to take down certain scenarios and like how to approach them, considering they limit your resources. So the game does a great job gameplay-wise of making you feel vulnerable and limited. Would you say you've, uh, in Survivor Plus, since you've already gotten everything else, like there's nothing else to do uh, in terms of collecting and upgrading and things like that, are you pretty much just going to like finish the game so you're not necessarily, tr are you still trying to kill everything? Or are you oh, going dude. like, this is the best approach, I'm just going to stealth it if I need to? Dude, I, I the best way I explain it, if you get the reference, is I'm the one who knocks in Last of Us. Okay, yeah. so you are still, you're still I okay, am, just... I love stealth games that make me feel like I'm like the apex predator like uh yeah another good example too. i know i don't i hate to bring up other games but like another good example is a uh, splinter cell is it blacklist? i knew you're gonna say splinter cell i knew it i knew yeah. it oh i love splinter cell but is it yeah. blacklist the last one right uh yes thanks yes because so. it was I conviction so, and blacklist. blacklist was the last one yeah that game has like lets you go non-lethal or lethal but they call it like the panther style or something like that if i remember correctly and you just I love when stealth games just let you be that like silent killer where it just keeps moving in the background that no one notices. And I get that feeling with Last of Us. Like I do headshot, headshot, go up, choke someone out, keep crawling and moving and like make a distraction. And when I get caught, I kill someone out in the public out in like the open and then go run and hide again. And then they go looking for me, but I just end up hunting, hunting them. And so the gameplay is like perfect when it comes to that. And I know like, let me just say with the stalkers, I know you can't listen for them, but I would just turn the game up and hear them out. <laughs> like, you could physically hear them in the world, not like the listening mechanic. Yeah, no, like, that was the coolest thing about wearing headphones. I, I hated those stalker segments because oh. they're so fucking scary. Dude, they Dude. fucking... Uh, keep going, sorry. I was, those I, those I, were the few times... I was just going to say, I would... like, the stalkers, I never waited for them to pop out. I just threw exactly. on. <laughs> I, that was it's the same thing. I Dude. was just, I literally, every time I came across a stalker segment, I'm like, okay, shotgun out, come fucking get me, brother. So it's funny because I would like listen for them and then I'd see their head poke out and I would basically do headshot or like throw a bottle and knife them. And then after that, I'm just mowing them down. It's even on Survivor. I'm just like, oh, there you are because they run away from you. So then yeah. I would just chase them down. They wouldn't like, they would get the jump on me sometimes, but essentially if it was just stalkers and not just runners and infected, because when you have all of them mixed in there, that's when it gets rough. Mm -hmm. But like when it's just stalkers, it's hilarious because I'm chasing them down <laughs> and like, Ooh. I'll take a beating and lose ammo, but it's totally worth it for me. So yeah, I'm just like, I'm not playing around with these guys. These guys need to fucking die. <laughs> yeah. So no, gameplay, sure. it's like almost as good as it gets. Like I can almost not go back to the first one because the gameplay is so much better in the second. 
Oh, yeah, I it is much more fluid. It definitely feels much better. Yeah. It's like the same style, but just better. Yeah. Like the combat itself is just, I don't know. It's, it feels hella superb, honestly. Like it looks very basic in terms of like the way the reticle is and everything else, but it just works in its world and its environment. And I never had one complaint when I was running through it. I was just like, yeah, I just really like it. Cause there's no, it, it's like, uh, yeah, it's just a little white circle, but, uh, for everything for me it just felt all pretty much like that's the best you'll help that's the best help you're gonna get it's all skill whether it's aiming and you gotta aim correctly in this survival uh mode of pretty much like i gotta kill this enemy aim for its head or fucking sneak up on it and the stealth itself like i loved that they had a difference in grass size like this is the kneeling grass and this is the prone crawl grass like that I love that because then also if they got too close, even in the 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 the, the kneeling grass, I just go prone because I was like, oh, it feels like there's an extra amount of stealth because then even if they're like right in front of you, because you're specifically in that higher grass prone, you have extra kind of like they don't notice you as much and you could just go fucking gotcha. And the other thing just, too is you can't aim through the grass just as much as they can't see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and God, it's it's oh my God, I loved it. It, it was so good. And I would say, like, the crafting and the upgrades I did like a lot. Uh, it felt a lot more doable, but also I was playing on normal, so it did feel doable because I could just keep collecting shit. Uh, when I do New Game Plus on hard to, I guess, finish leveling all my skill points, but to also finish upgrading the weapons. Uh, I forget, Brandon, you were, you said, right, uh, if I do New Game Plus on a higher difficulty, I still keep everything else I had. Yeah, so of, uh, it's, it's not like the first game where you had to unlock the gun story-wise. Uh, if you remember, when you do New Game Plus in Last of Us 1, you can't use your upgraded weapons until you come across them in the story. This one, you get them right off the bat, right? The You have to wait till Seattle Day 1 for uh, Ellie. But once you yeah. literally get on the horse, you have everything. Oh, cool. So awesome. It makes it easier when you do the New Game Plus in the beginning because you have more at your disposal. Like, when you first start the game, you have, like, a pistol and rifle. But when you do New Game Plus, especially on Survivor Plus, you get your bow and arrow, you get the silence pistol, you like, you have all your upgrades, everything. So it makes it more fun with options. Would you say, I guess I'm pretty much, when I go through my hard playthrough on New Game Plus, I'm pretty much guaranteed to get all the upgrades and skill points done? Oh, probably? yeah. I got my platinum by the time I got to the boat on Abbey Day 1. Oh, I perfect. Upgraded- oh, nice. Yeah, I upgraded Ellie completely, like, her weapons and, like, skill tree by the end of either... I think I upgraded all her weapons by the end of day one and, like, her as a character by day two. And Abby, I think they just throw more at you, so I did it all by the end of day one at the boat. Gotcha. And that's assuming you're scrounging for everything, both playthroughs, you know. All right. So, and like I said, even though I platinumed it, I still plan on finishing it on Survivor Plus because I loved it that much. Gotcha. Just to get that last bit, you know, the concept art and stuff. For sure. And I think I'll save, I want to save the enemies for, for the end just because I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun talking about them. But uh, next thing I would say is the choice of a limited sandbox kind of like we had slight open worldness of kind of exploration here and also opportunities where there's areas with enemies that we, we potentially will never see uh, if we just kind of go and choose specific paths and whatnot. But uh, how did you guys feel with that? over the 
uh, linearity of the first game. Personally, I actually prefer it now because I do like that choice you have of kind of going all over the place, and I did like the exploring myself. Yeah, so my only complaint with it is that I thought it was odd that they put so much time and effort into just one uh, open world area, and then the rest of the game was pretty much linear from that on the point on. I just thought yeah, it was odd that, I like, like, that either. like, why even bother doing the open world thing if the rest of the game is going to just be the same as the old one? Like, I I feel like either make the rest of the game more open-ish, or just don't even bother with the first segment. I don't know. So would you like, say, I guess, uh, that I does that line like up with it. the pacing? I guess. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, I really liked that open air area. I thought it was really cool. I had a lot of fun exploring it. It's just, it really felt odd that, like, there was nothing else like it in the game after that point. That is true. I wonder how they would have done it differently in terms of, like, let's say if they had done it for the second half of Ellie's. Because you do feel like... Cause I guess also I could imagine like you finish everything and then it goes, all right, go back to the theater. And then you have to travel back to the theater versus, oh, thank God I'm right here. Cause you want to, I think yeah. at that point too, I will say, I will say, uh, everything was more so you were exploring when you're downtown after that, like I was not necessarily forcing myself to collect and kind of look around everywhere, but in pretty much itching me the entire time was I want to know what happens next in the story. I want to know mm -hmm. what happens next in the story. Yeah. So I was mm -hmm. trying to get to that next point. So seeing potentially if it was more open world later on, I don't know if that would have worked in terms of how things had escalated and things were getting like heated faster. And I even heard, I forget who I heard it from, but I think someone was just like, yeah, I kind of at a certain point, because I just wanted to know what happened next in the story, I just started ignoring collectibles altogether because I was more invested in just finding out what happened mm -hmm. next and things All like right. that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think they were trying to hit you with a big bombastic. This is what we kind of the kind of game we have here, kind of get your attention, and then it's like, psych, you did your exploring. Now just keep going. So maybe it was like to show. I I see it as trying to get our attention, but also test it out, like. It's one of those things as a game designer, we can't really, we don't know what's best, right? Because we're we're speaking on a consum a consumer standpoint. And mm -hmm. also from the only one we've seen, we've we like there we never tested any alternatives they might have had in the past. Yeah, so maybe they're like, let's see how people receive Seattle Day One, and you know, what if they kind of make a Last of Us Three for the PS Five seven years from now, eight years from now? And they're like, well, people really like that first day, so let's make the whole game like this now, or half of it kind of thing, or every other section you come across more open-ended. Because that game was two discs on PS4. It was. <laughs> it, it was. was. It's, it's Red Dead size in terms of how big the actual oh, data yeah, is. Oh, yeah, that was, dude. Those are so, the only two games fucking... Oh, wait, no, I feel like there was the third one was like Final Fantasy VII, I think, did that too. I don't know, I didn't maybe, buy that game. I don't know, but... What I'm saying is, it's already a big game. So yeah. maybe they're going to... Because it's Naughty Dog's biggest game to date overall. Ambition, size, scope, story, everything about it is bigger. Even So length. I think they're testing it out. Because maybe in the future, if they decide to do a third one or a whole new property that plays with that idea, they'll see how people receive Seattle Day 1 and go, okay, let's make this more prevalent in a future game. That is true. You also... You get that feeling of... 
Oh, cool, I got to go through this whole game on this horse in this open world. No. <laughs> the minute yeah. you like, jump over the fence. Shimmer. <laughs> no! Shimmer. Yeah, I felt bad for that horse. Yeah, like, yeah, I, there was like a flashback to young Ellie riding Shimmer. I think she rode Ellie to the museum or something. Yeah. And she says, like, hey, Shimmer. And I was like, aw, that like, horse is it. dead now. Yeah. <laughs> so but, long, uh, Shimmer. Like I said, the whole gameplay aspect of the open world, I was digging, and I was still digging the line- linearity. God, I can't say that, but yeah, I, I, I think I like all right. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think we can all agree it looked amazing. Uh, there's yeah, not too there's much a- to talk about <laughs> it. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it was fucking... the only way it could look better, if it was on P- like PC. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's which it. I mean, the others are maybe one day because we got. The, all three Quantic Dream games, we got uh, uh, Death Stranding and now Horizon coming pretty much within the month. So yeah, I mean... Down the line, we could see others. We'll see. Could be. It could be successful, but maybe Sony wants to just hold on to their exclusives to a certain degree as well, so... I think also, I think it's just going to be their big guns that they keep on PlayStation. The smaller, like a, I think the smaller, smaller ones might be. They're like, all right, these aren't like the big Game of the Year blockbusters necessarily. Yeah, potentially. and... They say the PS5 has technology PC can't even get for the next couple of years, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, bringing in, I guess, the last main thing before we get to the, the ending itself of, like, potentially the future of the game is, of course, the enemies. Holy shit. Uh, let's, do the, let's do the humans first, because I, I think I'll have a lot more fun with the infected. We already talked about the whistling and the aspects of communication between them. Uh, was there anything else we wanted to cover besides, like, we noticed there were just weapons, enemies with different weapons, and then we had... The guys that they started with in Uncharted 3, I think, was the, the big bigger. thug. Yeah, the big thug dudes, which that woman, yeah. the big woman that was like, it reminded me of, uh, what's her face from Dodgeball? Oh, uh, I know who you're talking uh, about. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, like, she has the same hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was she had the same hairstyle, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> she I... just beats the shit out of you. I mean, for me, I was basically just stealth kill enemies, and then when shit hit the fan, just shoot them in the face. And Same. It was hard enough to where it was fun, so... And the dogs? Like, the dogs, unfortunately, all you had to do was, like, lay a landmine kind of thing, and then let them follow your trail. And yeah. even though they blow up, they, like, don't know where you are still, so... I would usually... I, I think I specifically would shoot dogs with the bow if I can help it. I saved the bows. I the way I played actually was uh, I saved all my silent ammo for humans, like bow and arrow and all that, and I saved all my loud ammo for infected. Really, I, yeah, I think that's how I, I, I would I would try to do everything stealth as much as possible, and then I just knew at a certain point I'd get detected. Once that happened, then I'd go, all right, fuck it, let's go. Um, but I think I would usually prefer bow and silenced pistol in any scenario. Oh yeah. Uh, whenever I could, whenever I could help it. Until once I knew it was the shamblers, then I was like, okay, uh, fuck it. yeah, fucking. Uh. <laughs> I try to kill the smaller ones first, so that way I could just focus completely on it. But I guess James, did you have anything on the humans before we just go straight into the infected? Because I feel like that's what we're really just going to talk about. Yeah, no. I mean, the humans were. It was cool to see them communicate, and it was kind of interesting that like they would call out like someone's name or whatever, like. I've heard some people say it's, it's a little silly, just think, oh, they just assigned a random name to the characters, but, like, I don't know. It makes sense. Hold on. 
I think I think it worked well um, in terms of that in the beginning. Though I, I will say at a certain point, I was desensitized and I was like, I don't give a fuck about Ron. Kill his bitch. Yeah. <laughs> See, my problem was like I wanted to kill every enemy in every area just so I could like freely explore once yeah, everyone I, was gone. I yeah. wanted to kill everyone so I could find a collectible card. Yeah. Did, did so, you guys, like, when you really think I about it. I still liked, though, there's people calling out random names made it feel a little bit more realistic, I guess. And also, I, I liked the different call-outs of, like, if you shot someone, like, even silenced or whatever, or not even, maybe not silenced, but, like, I would, like, lose the enemies or whatever, and they'd be searching for me, and then I'd headshot someone from some angle, and, like, literally someone else would be like, oh, my God, they got this guy or whatever, and it came from that angle, and then they swarmed that where I am because yeah, they saw true. the direction it came from, and I thought that was really cool that they actually did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me just say the dogs were the hardest thing to deal with only because I felt <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But did you Same. guys hear that a lot of people online that were spamming this game as terrible were so – they were looking for any excuse to hate it, obviously, because they're being toxic as usual. Uh, but they were like, Naughty Dog said, you can go through the game without killing dogs. And they lied to us. This game is trash. Oh, uh, just I'm the like, one time. Yeah, I'm like, the game was in development still. Like, you know, things can change. Yeah. I mean, Alice is, Alice is just, you know, you just have to do it. It's one of those things. It's a depressing game. So Yeah. But you, you do have the opportunity to spare a bear. But that's just, you know, that's up to you. <laughs> on Survivor Plus, unfortunately, there's no opportunity to spare anyone. Because <laughs> okay. that's why I did collectibles first, because I was like, I just want to knock this out. So when I play Survivor Plus, all I got to worry about is just making sure I'm prepared for everything. Yeah, that's why I feel like I'm, I'm debating whether or not I'll, I'll go through the collectibles just on hard, since I'll just be running through on hard anyway, I'm, or if I'll just do the chapter. I'm, I'm not sure yet. I'm telling you, man, Survivor Plus changes the whole game. It's really worth checking out. I, I'll, you know, cool. I, I could it's... do it eventually, but for now, I'll stick with, I'll, I'll just do hard. I'll, I'll, that way I can at least get everything first. I'm just saying, like, oh, I put it. that game on easy when doing the collectibles, because I was like, I'm just going to mow everything down so I could, like James said, make room so I could look for a card or something. Yeah. But, like, again, dealing with the enemies, it changes the whole dynamic. Like, it really is, like, white knuckle gripping the controller tense sometimes. Gotcha. But all right, last uh, for the regular stuff, the infected enemies, guys. So we had the regular stage one infected. Uh, we have the stalkers. We have the clickers. We have the shamblers. We have um, two bloaters. shit. What's the, the bloaters? And then we'll talk about the others, the the specific unique man ones after. Pig. Yeah, man bear <laughs> pig and the pervert, uh, which we'll talk about. I, I straight up I call that fucker the pervert, but we'll talk about them after. Yeah. Uh, I felt, so, looking at the first game, in, in the first game, you have to craft shivs. Shivs are very hard to come, like, they're not the easiest thing, because you have to choose, am I going to unlock a door with this, or am I going to kill a clicker with this? Like, that's pretty yeah. much your uh, decision-making there. And back then, I wasn't as afraid of stalkers, either. Like, they weren't that scary. It was really the clicker, because they were so hard to kill, and you were just, they were also harder to kind of bypass. Like, they would, it felt like they could sense you more as Joel easily than they could as Ellie. And in this mm. game, it was a complete reversal because. Unless you play on Survivor Plus. Unless you play on Survivor Plus. Uh, playing as Ellie, you have, of course, the, uh, you have the knife. And with the Switchblade, you don't have to worry about that shit because 
you're just like, oh, this thing, I don't have to craft any more shivs. When I do, it's, like, for other shit. But I, I can just straight up, like, that was for more for Abby. And even with her, it was still easier. Uh, but, like, it was easier to come by resources, at least, like I said, I played on normal. But it, it, I could take them out a lot quicker. And I didn't have as much trouble. I'd just be like, oh, it's a clicker. I'll take this fucker out. No problem. And the stalkers were always just hella like, ah, oh, they were always like, <laughs> and just like fucking sneaking around being hella. Yeah, fucking, they're also pervs. They're like, they're just sneaking Dude, around they like, they started like, coming out of the walls, I was just like, nope, mm-mm, not having that. Oh, those <laughs> little fucks. Yeah, that, yeah. That, I hated that shit. But you would, if I'm, if I'm looking outside a doorway and just peeking slightly at the out the corner you just see them on all fours ready to pounce on you and you're just like if i go out there this motherfucker is gonna jump on me so i just feel like i'd kind of peek 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 boom just fucking shoot him but it was just that thing where i was just like this dude is actually running around and potentially on all fours Right outside the the next like doorway I'm at, like I, I that feeling was just ridiculous because you can't hear them, you don't see them on your radar, so it's like very hard to to deal with that kind of shit. Um, and then the shamblers guys, the, those Their James, are hilarious. Were... Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I like they're just I hated when, every time I heard one of their like gurgly like roars off in the distance i'm like ah oh, fuck there's a shambler here yeah they like, they were gross too they were just nasty uh, nasty yeah. and then uh god they then the, you, know, you guys know the regular infected were just the regular infected yeah and the clicker i always like the sound design for the clickers and of course the stalkers too like it was like the the more you get on with these guys the more unique their the effects of the sound are and it's just really awesome the way they've been done for them uh, just because you're like, oh, how do I change this human's voice to something monstro, just complete monstrosity, or just complete fear, creepy, whatever, depending on which one it is, and then you get to the, uh, damn it, I, how did I just forget the name again? Uh, what was the uh, the big guys? Bloaters. 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 Yeah, oh, um, we didn't really have them much in the game. Like they were very, very. Uh, there was like I what three altogether. I liked that they could literally just, like, bust through walls in this one. Yeah, it was that, pretty crazy. They made them, like, way more imposing than in the last game. Yeah. Uh, and I did like that they were far and few, because it does, uh, like, having bloaters versus shamblers, even though bloaters are definitely still more threatening than shamblers, uh, they, you could tell, like, the regional differences, potentially, in areas, like how the, the infection might evolve depending on the environment, kind of. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And I honestly will, I guess we'll get to it in a, later on too, but it's, it's interesting kind of to see, it makes you wonder what other areas have different evolution sets, you know? Yeah. Speaking of like, I think we're getting to it like that, like cobbled together boss. Yeah. Here. Like, yes. Yeah, so the fuck, oh dude, my God, in the hospital. Like, oh. Okay. Let me just say I played on hard the first time through and Oh, before I forget, uh, I want to talk about the clickers. I know I keep talking yeah. about Survivor Plus, but I really do feel like it changes the whole game. The clickers can hear you crawl. Oh, what? No. Yeah. So if they're facing your direction and you crawl towards them, they could hear you still, even if you're crouched. Because they're, I guess their AI and echo communication is just so ramped up that 
they're that much more dangerous. But yeah, they, that's what I mean. It changes the game. You literally can't even crawl towards them. You have to pace it out and really be patient when dealing with enemies. So just thought I'd throw that in there. That that's pretty cool. They could literally hear you crawl. So you got to really plan stuff out when dealing with them, especially when you only have like two bullets at a time. There's been multiple times where I had no health packs, one health left kind of thing, and like three bullets in total for everything. So keep that in mind. Damn. Like I said, transforms the game. But anyways, uh, man I was say the, the man bear pig thing. I call him that because my friend said that's basically man bear pig, and I'm like, yeah, I see it. Yeah, for those uh, who don't know, that's a South Park allegory reference. Yeah, it's more of just the idea of man bear pig just makes sense the way it looks. <laughs> it really does. So the thing was, I think I didn't upgrade Abby's uh, crafting ability speed. So... The way I played was I used up all my ammo and I couldn't do anything but make pipe bombs. But the thing was, I didn't have any ready. So <laughs> I was oh, sprinting no. in circles and I would basically craft the pipe bomb and he'd be right next to me. And I would just spam circle to get out of the menu and then sprint out of there. And that was basically how my fight turned out was just scrounging for supplies and crafting pipe bombs as he constantly chased you. Yeah, I was running out of uh, ammo at certain points myself, even on normal. I was just like, holy shit. Like, I ran out of my pipe bombs first, and I think I was either using the shotgun or I was switching between this, the... Oh, I guess it was... Yeah, it was still the shotgun, the the marksman rifle, and the... Uh, I can't remember. Did you get... Did we get uh, Snubnose uh, with uh, Abby, or was it just uh, Ellie? I know we had two pistols with Abby. I just can't remember what... what oh, it was the hunting rifle. Uh, the, the hunting, hunting pistol. pistol. Yeah, so I think I was switching between those constantly, trying to take them out. And, oh, but God damn... And you the think... The pervert that breaks off. Yeah, the fucking pervert that breaks off, which I started... I don't know why, when I saw that dude break off, and he's just like, <laughs> just like sneaking around, trying to grab you, I was like, this fucking pervert! Like, you fuck this guy! And... <laughs> And he was just so creepy. And even when you fucking kill that thing, this little bastard is just like, hey, you better catch me, you better catch me. He's just like running away in the direction he still have to go. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Like, what? why is this thing even, al what was it actually even? Like, was it a, it wasn't even a clicker. Was it a stalker? Was it like an enhanced stalker? Like, I think it was a stalker. But it's also, it's crazy how... In that ground zero, where everyone was infected there, it it shows that weird, I guess, thing if there's no open area, and they're just kind of all in one spot, if they just, I guess, like, it could happen to anything else, too. Yeah. Like, it just, just like, merged. Their fungal plates just grew together and shit. That was fucking disgusting. Yeah, it's it's just scary seeing, like, because I, I remember the dude goes hey, that was ground zero. We don't know what the fuck is down there. And I'm like, what is that? And I was afraid at first because I thought it was going to be a shit ton of enemies. And then I felt also weird. Like, why would a day one infected be like a like a, a stage one or even a stalker or, or, and stuff? Like, why would those be down there? Which pretty much we just saw clickers. And I think maybe a couple stalkers. I don't think so. I think it was just clickers. So I was like, I was okay, saying. that makes sense. And I think, were, were there bloaters down there too? Or not bloaters, um... Nah, Shamblers? I, I, don't... I don't think. No, they're oh yeah, I think they're. Or... Hmm. I don't know. Which part again? In the hospital, I know there are clickers down there because uh... it's like they say only the oldest shit I think is down was... there. I think I haven't gotten there again on my second playthrough yet, but I think it it is just clickers. Okay. And yeah, so it's just like you know the oldest ones, and they're obviously you look at those things; they're isolated in those rooms, 
and the only thing that wasn't isolated either was the stuff growing on the walls and the fucking yeah man bear pig himself who was just like <laughs> just uh had all the time in the world to just kind of become that fucking thing which i i guess you've rid the as abby you've rid the world of one of the most disgusting evolved threats that i've ever seen through the infected really so there's there's that uh, miniature redemption there in terms of uh, ridding the world of that kind of shit, at least. Yeah, and if you pay attention, I think because Abby is not immune, she just tends to fight more infected story-wise. Yeah, I, do, I did notice that. I, I did remember, though, also, right after the hospital, I was like, no more infected for a while, please. I just need a break. I need a break from the infected. Like, I, my, my anxiety won't allow, like, it'll break down if this keeps going. <laughs> yeah. But- All right. Yeah, so, alright guys, we're pretty much at the end here. All I wanted to talk about were two things here, was the kind of aftermath of the, uh, wolves versus, the, the, the wolves versus the, uh, Seraphites, and then also pretty much does there, or would there be a Last of Us Part 3, are the two things, which I feel like, let's just knock out the wolves versus Seraphites really quick. Uh, we had the battle ensue there, and when you leave his abbey with Lev, uh, you see pretty much, like, you never really see any Seraphite leadership, necessarily. You just kind of see the, the the place they're at, and you see pretty much a shit ton of them have already died, and you see the wolves have pretty much, like, destroyed a shit ton of the island, uh, but also have lost their leader, and both sides are pretty much dying immensely. Uh, we do know pretty much, like, the I guess the old and the children are in like shelters whereas like the the non the civilians i guess for the wolves are still back on their island well didn't isaac say his plan was to throw everyone at the scars everyone that was capable of fighting yes yeah. but they obviously didn't mm-hmm. take like there's still people at the wolf settlement like there, there's still the children there the people that have to manage the children and like those that are probably not combatants normally there is one loose end in the story that wasn't tied up and i think this might um lead into the whole if there's going to be a third game but there's no indication of their leader because there's always like these murals of like this savior complex of a character that woman for the seraphites oh yeah but didn't she die yeah she was she was dead like a long she, time ago she was i don't maybe yeah it was one of those. yeah, they yeah ca- like isaac captured her at some point and they she died in their custody somehow where did they, where did they yeah was that an artifact it might have been an artifact yeah and they also been. they they pretty much made her a martyr and love talks about like if she okay. were alive she well, wouldn't like she they they couldn't believe what she the they said like she wouldn't believe what her people had become because that wasn't the message she was trying yeah. to spread basically well uh okay maybe it's probably an artifact i just skimmed over and didn't or forgot about because again i've just been focused solely on like getting through the game um okay never mind i was wrong there but you know i was gonna say there's always that potential the seraphites might rise up and fight back again because they got massacred really and Mm -hmm. there's always that potential that there's some sort of retaliation back from them so we don't know yet we don't even know like i guess because they never show who wins they just show the fighting going on and it's like even if there's a small amount of at least the war like the the soldiers of both sides surviving it's probably honestly less than like 20% of the remainder. So, yeah, so who knows? 
all you'd have left really is just the kids. Because if it was the Seraphites, if I was them, like, why the hell would you ever want to leave that island again with what little you have left? And then if you're the wolves, like, what's left that you have that you could even hit them with, like, at the same time? Like, now you have to watch your own borders, too, because, like, there's no one left to protect or go on patrols or maintain, like, their expansions that I guess they were talking about where they, like, lost a fishery or something. So they're kind of both back in terms of just, like, society and, uh, I guess, their own personal territories are back to, like, a very, very small stretch each, I feel like, personally. Well... They could, you know, both sides could either rise up again or just kind of disband because they both don't really have leaders or they're a little split on certain things. And, you know, it's all that stuff, right? Like, yeah, they're they lost Isaac. The Seraphites got massacred. The wolves kind of have like they had a huge body count already and it kind of grew and they don't really have anybody in command. And the Seraphites kind of lost a big chunk of their fighters. So it's hard to say, in my opinion, just. It can go anywhere, really. For sure. I guess that brings in, then, uh, really the ending and how we feel. Because, obviously, for Abby and Lev, uh, by the game's menu, we see that they reach Catalina. They reach the Fireflies. Uh, So, at least with them, like, there's an ending in terms of that where society is restarting in that sense, where they're actually growing and they're expanding. They're the complete opposite of the wolves and... Uh, the Seraphites, where they're more in line with Jackson and just kind of rebuilding. And they, they don't have to fucking worry about Infected, which is probably awesome, because uh, there's no Infected on Catalina. And then uh, you have Ellie, who lost everything, and either is basically going off on her own or going to Jackson, pretty much. So, um, what was it? I was going to say, it's, you know... I'm trying to think of, like, what plot threads from this game could lead into a third one, potentially. And it's, like, the same thing as the first one, where uh, at the end of the first one, you feel like, I mean, there could be another one with Ellie and, like, Firefly. We, I remember they, like, the thought was, I mean, it could be a Firefly revenge thing. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of, and it ended up kind of being that. Uh, but they left it so, you, it was really left in the way where oh, it's up to the player to think what happens next until they made a second one. Yeah. Uh, this one, it's kind of the same thing, where it's kind of up to the player to decide, like, maybe she went back to Jackson, or maybe she went off on her own for now. Uh, and even, like, I think I heard interviews with, like, Ashley Johnson and, like, Neil Druckmann, and Ashley's the voice of Ellie. Uh, like, she didn't have any definitive answer. She was like, well, as a player, I see it this way. As Ellie herself, I, I kind of see it this way, but there's no right answer. It's really just, like up to how the player felt at the end of Last of Us 1 is the same thing for 2. It's where it's up to the player, unless they made another one. But uh, in terms of, of, like, a third one, I personally don't think there need Just like I didn't think for the second one, I don't think there needs to be another one. I'm happy that there's a, a second one now, because I enjoyed the shit out of it. But uh, for a third one, if they somehow won me over again and said, hey, this is a story we think would still work, and it furthers the story then I'd be like, all right, fuck it, I'm in. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also like, it, they don't need to at the same time. They could just do another new property and just go with that instead. And I would somewhat be fine. There's still things that linger in my head, but I think I would be okay with it. The only thing I would say if they did do it, the only thing I could think of 
is of course it would probably still follow Ellie because they'd want to continue that story. I think it would probably they would introduce maybe someone younger again too, just to kind of further that innocence feeling that you still have within the the first two games. But I think it would be something where we've seen Abby. We pretty much got Abby's stuff all in one game. We had her revenge and her redemption, whereas Ellie's we've gotten like her innocence, then her revenge. And the next one would be her redemption, which I see as her redemption, honestly, is the greatest sacrifice, which potentially is somehow they use her for the cure. Yeah. Well, I was going to say this. Uh, it's a business at the end of the day. So whatever makes money is going to decide if there's a third one or not. The way I see it is if there will be a third one, it's going to be at the end of the PS5 life cycle because that seems to be the trend. And wait, you there? Okay. Uh, there's gonna be it's gonna be at the end of the PS5 life cycle. I believe that story wise, it's either gonna it's gonna be something that's gonna bring the characters together again. And it could be Ellie potentially helping find a cure, and Abby gets involved because she's with the new Fireflies. So maybe the Fireflies reach out to her again, and Abby's like the head of the Fireflies or something. I could see that happening. And Maybe they had this trilogy planned out and it was supposed to be a three-part thing this whole time and maybe the final game ends in like Ellie's like sacrifice for humanity or something and or maybe kind of does that thing where a whole new threat approaches and they have to work together somehow. It it's endless, right? But I see it being that there's going to be something to bring them together at the very least. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I guess, They're going to have to be, because um, Abby became a main character. Yeah, uh, honestly... Oh, okay, I was just going to say, yeah, I think it's honestly, like, I don't think there would be a way to do another one without having, I guess, uh, Ellie in the cure and the sacrifice. Um, I think that would... Ha I think it would have to be part of it, just because it would be a full circle of, like, kind of coming back to the point of the original game to begin with and that kind of stuff. And for the most part, I think also you could still put Joel in it, but not so much like as much as in two, but more so like, um, as a small thing of like near the end for Ellie or something like that, where you just have like, kind of like not a, you did good kid, but more so like the element, like that kind of thing, like where she finally has to dig, dig, dig deep where it's like, what would Joel do and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, and that kind of thing. The one thing I would love to see, and I haven't heard anyone say this yet, so I'm going to go on record and say, if they did make a third one, one thing I could see them doing gameplay-wise is having co-op for the main story. Can you, imagine, can you imagine this same gameplay fleshed out a little better, however you want to put it, but two people playing as Ellie and Abby working together and utilizing their different loadouts and abilities? I think that'd be cool. That would be you know, insane. Like, that's speculation. But that's what I see going next. Like, okay. Like, we're going to really make the AI so smart that if you play single player, it feels like you're playing with another partner. Or you can have a partner there still. And that's how I see it. Like, that'd be dope if you could somehow integrate co-op to the point. Because you already play with two characters. It's just one is AI controlled, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess now, if that was the case. Yeah, a bigger, more dangerous world. 
utilizing Ellie's abilities and Abby's abilities and working together. Because they're going to bring them back together if it's going to be a third game. We know that for a fact. There's no way they're just going to ignore them. No matter how ma minor or major it'd be. But, I guess if you did, the only way I'd see that would be um, it's Abby has to find Ellie and then goes, I have to take you to this location. And then that's where it begins. Because otherwise also like... For it's it's a it's a thing where also to like Abby's story is pretty much kind of complete. Like she's yeah, gone through all our different things. She's involved Ellie's... with the fireflies again. That is true. I just don't. I I don't know if she would be a main character or a, at this point now a less important character. Kind of like Joel in a sense because we're not playing as Joel anymore either. Yeah, but like I said, the the next generation of gaming could have that potential of better AI to make the single-player experience still feel very single-player. But I'm just saying, yeah. if you want to really flesh out that gameplay, I could totally see co-op being an option. And let's just, let's be honest here, that'd be pretty awesome if it worked well. Like, that's I think stealth, that would be really cool. Yeah, that yeah. stealth gameplay, surviving infected, like, being able to work with each other. Like, if you have the size of a map, like, Seattle Day 1, downtown, but two players on different sides of the map dealing with, like, different confrontations and those confrontations could either combine or they could just handle them separately the consoles would be strong enough to handle that or pc like i think it'd be awesome if it, like i'm not saying here said i i can make it work perfectly but the idea of it working seamlessly sounds amazing yeah honestly that'd be that would be really interesting so i guess uh do we so in the end of the day do we want and do we need a last of us part three I think same deal with this one. I don't think we need a sequel. It's just, I'd be interested to see what story they tell if they choose to. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I'm not sitting here begging for a sequel, but I'm not against it. Like if they do yeah. it, they're probably going to do it right. And I'm probably going to dig it still. So I don't know. I mean, I'm going to play it at the end of the day if it does exist. Yeah, I would play it either way. Uh, I don't, I won't lose any sleep or, complain if there isn't one whatsoever if this is the end i'm completely fine with it if they do Same, another one yeah. as long as it's done right i'm in it that's fine but also i would also i'm not gonna lie i would like to see a new ip from them yeah preferably and, something fantasy or sci-fi something new yeah i'd like to see something new which they could do still i mean they used to they were or they were alternating between last of us and uncharted so i don't see why they couldn't do the same new uh, yeah now. uncharted ended so maybe they can get one more last of us out and yeah. just have a new property so yeah like, the way I see it, too, is I want to see a dynamic between Abby and Ellie where they're working together. That does bring in a whole new thing. That is they're true. pretty threatening characters, and the world would have to be even more threatening to accommodate that. Again, I'm speaking from a, a co-op dream of a game. so The world would also have to be more threatening for them to get along. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it could lead to awesome things, but that's my take on it. All right, I think that about wraps it up, guys. We did it. It's a little bit over two hours. Sorry, Brandon. It's about two hours and 45 minutes, but I think once I edit, uh, there's a small amount to edit, so it'd probably just shave off maybe a minute or something. It's fine. Um, I was going to say, how do you guys feel on record, basically, with review scores and this whole polar community of like opposites going against each other? I just don't see the point in giving someone shit for giving their opinion i guess like if you think the game's 10 out of 10 that's fine i can i can disagree with that like i don't see why reviewers are getting like so much hate for 
I don't know, sucking up to the gaming industry or something? I don't know. I, don't know. I find people, it odd. The gaming community is a bunch of, you know, we know what kind of people are there. Yeah. There, we had we already had our Gamergate. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think the game is not perfect, but it's definitely not awful. It's like yeah, I, it's so far I would really say good. so far it's the game of the year. At least so far without the other game, like pre coming out with other games for the fall, uh, I would say this is so far the best game of the year. You know, if you like cutscenes and character to villain plot within gaming, you're gonna like the game. And all I gotta say is the people that are spamming hate towards it, just at least finish it and give it some time before really hating it. Or buy it yeah. at least because I don't think a lot of them have. Yeah. So. Uh, I yeah I, I at the end of the day I could give two shits. Uh, just because I'm like, I care not for random people I've never met's opinions. Yeah, but, I, we still um, enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I still, it didn't change shit for me. Uh, but yeah, it's just, play the fucking game. <laughs> yeah. Before you Play the shit. game, form your own opinion. Everyone's allowed to have one, but it's definitely above average. Yeah, easily. For sure. Yeah. Alright guys, so, closing out here, Brandon, uh, give us all of your plugs. Tell, tell us everything. Oh boy. Well, yeah. First of all, thank you both of you for having me on here for you taking for a chance by having a third host and a I regret it already. You regret <laughs> it already. I regret no, it, it, already. it was it was great having you. Thanks. It's just I'm starting to do the podcasting a lot more, and I was excited to like try it out with you guys. Um, and it's awesome because for anyone listening, I'm uh, I'm part of two podcasts. Like I said, uh, you can go check out Apollo City Comics podcast anywhere podcasts are at. We focus mainly on comic book content and comic book related content uh, and hoping to bring awareness and also educate people on why comics are amazing and how they do things other forms of art don't do. So definitely check that out if you're into it. And if you want to check out D3 Media on YouTube, uh, we're working on to get it on other podcast platforms, but right now we're on YouTube and that's just all around pop culture. We talk anything from action figures to movies tv comics as well and video games trailers whatever you know we just go on there to talk pop culture and just hang out and you know say what we think's cool how we feel about certain things and what's going on in all these industries so make sure to check that out and as soon as COVID is over i'm going to be working with a small production called dollars and donuts they're over on youtube uh they're taking me on as a writer whenever they get to uh, have filming happen again basically so you know check them out they got cool content they also are trying to work within comics and film so gonna be working with them so uh yeah make sure to check all those guys out if you want to get more content awesome man cool sounds cool sounds good and i'll uh get to our normal stuff so if you guys want to email us uh whether it's questions and we can read them aloud on the show or uh any feedback, whether it's positive or negative, you can at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at sutrasidetalk. If you want to follow James on Twitter, uh, you can at invadergym124. If you want to follow me, you can at gogocomzilla. Uh, Brandon, where can people follow you and your podcast on Twitter? Ah, uh, yes. So if you go on Twitter, you can find me under my inside joke name of Jiggity Jones. <laughs> <laughs> the classic. The classic. It, it's just... It's a name that has a nice little ring to it. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, all that stuff. And uh, if you look up D3 Media or Apollo City Comics, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, yeah, definitely. If you want to get more content, just follow those guys. Follow us. 
I'll put the names down also in the show notes, Brandon. Just uh, send me those, and I'll list those down, too, so people can see those on our show notes. Tight. And, of course, if you want to subscribe, follow, uh, give us, like, a five-star review or any review, as well as, you know, just, like, anything from liking and things like that, uh, depending on the platform, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, all that kind of stuff helps us out. And, of course, the best way you can help us out is uh, by sharing uh, this with other people, whether it's uh, word of mouth or, or of course, uh, sharing it on social media or retweeting our releases on Twitter. Uh, that kind of stuff is the best I can ask for. Of course, we don't ask for any money. Uh, we, of course, <laughs> I lose money doing this podcast every time, but it's always worth it. But, yeah, that is everything. Until next time, guys, we'll catch you uh, next week with episode 54. And uh, you can catch Brandon on his podcast. So catch you guys later. Thanks for listening. See you, y'all. Thank you again.